welcome to the Suspense is Killing Us podcast. I'm Emily. Travis. Hi, it's me, Matt. We're all here, and it's all happening. It's been a bit of a break for us. Oh, We're going to have another little break after this one. <sighs> yeah. We had to take uh, last weekend off because Seattle had the worst air quality in the world. I felt fine. I was ready to go. You were super hungover. I was hungover. You had bad, bad air smoke problems. I was, um, I felt like absolute dog shit. Yeah. Yeah, my, my throat was, like, clogged up, and I was coughing constantly and stuff. Yuck. And for, like, two, three days, I was like, there it is. I got the COVID. Mm. And it just so happened to coincide with when I went outside into the smoky murk. It looked pretty, though. I thought it I, smelled good, oh, too. Oh, it was gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you never get better lighting than when the air quality is, like, 5,000. Yeah. Just smelling all those trees in Oregon that burn to a cinders. Mm. Oh. Mm. Love it. Mm. Of destroyed wilderness. But you guys good. didn't come here to hear us talking about the America's uh, environmental problems. Oh. I think that you guys, right, <laughs> off, right at the top of the podcast, I know what you guys want from us. We need to discuss the death of her regency, the queen. Mm. It's what oh. people want to hear are you from getting us. In, are you getting into the queue? I believe the queue extends. It goes all the way across the pond yeah. to like right outside Scarecrow is the back I, of the line. Don't right worry, now. they're We're handing in out the blankets queue right now. They're handing out blankets. They're That's good. Out blankets, so don't worry. My brother is actually <laughs> in gonna... London right now in England. Oh yeah, is he going to go? Is he in the know. queue or what? No, he's not. <laughs> no, he had Matt, a Matt Soderback. Matt Soderback. Yeah. Um, no, Matt, he Matt he had he had a, a trip planned, and then it just happened to coincide with the. But he's not going to go. No, he's not going to go. He doesn't care. I heard oh. the line is 14 hours long right now. Jesus. Like, what? To what? To do what, though? See a dead lady. Just you, no, see, you don't even get to see, see her body. Her, though, you, she's think. in a box. So you don't get to see the body? No. You just get, I think the line is just to get to the front of the line. <laughs> you walk and by the box there. and you go, like, you bow your head and you go, m'lady, or whatever. M'lady. Thank, you tip thank your, you your fucking your... fedora and you say, m'lady. Your excellency. <laughs> you know what I want to do? Thank you for your service. I want to do, like, you know how there's those YouTube videos where it's like, here is a big, elaborate, you know, like, Golf course or arcade or whatever, and they have like a drone fly through it all cool. Oh, yeah. I want to do that. With the line? With the line, and then end it like the shot in Raising Cane where they go all the way down into the morgue, and it's just like zoom yes. in on the queen's like corpse, and it's like screaming skull. Ah! <laughs> she was murdered. <laughs> and then Daniel Craig comes out and solves it. I know who killed the queen. Well, I mean, she's just been being like weakened at Bernie's for the past like months and months, though. Like she's been dead. For, a, we know she's been you know dead who, for a you while. You know who killed her? Paddington. Oh, Paddington. Oh. Yes, it's back to the who's gal for Paddington. Yeah. But you to know, the world's cutest jail. <laughs> or they were jailing like giraffes and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and everybody wore pink. Yeah. It was lovely. <laughs> Cute. But still very anti prison. And mm-hmm. it's a, yes. a, a movie that will tear you to shreds. Thanks thanks to the wokesters. Yeah. Great. The now wokesters. they're coming at, now, now they're coming for our prison. Now prisons, they're coming for our prisons. For our prison system? We've always loved our prison system here. The wokesters once again after the carceral state. <laughs> Leave our prisons alone. That is a place that you go and you get raped and we make fun of you for it. And yeah. we're, we're a good we're a good country. Though. It's wonderful. We're good people here. Yeah, we have fun. <laughs> we, have we have fun, fun in this country. Um, but seriously, condolences to uh, the queen and her family. Yeah, um, really? It's been fun watching that country. I don't really <laughs> no, care. No, no, no. It's uh, been fun watching that country uh, go insane. Uh, the, the, over the last the week. like incredible debate of, amongst themselves about colonialism is very funny. The to me. only yeah. um the only individuals we should be apologizing to are the corgis that she left behind. Oh no, oh, yeah. they went with her. They they put them all out and yeah, stuffed they, her into the they box. Entombed, with, they stuffed they them into the, box the corgis with, with her. No. So when you get when you get up to the queen, <laughs> those little like when, stubby little. <laughs> no, when you, when I'll you, stand in line for the corgis. When you get it to the queen, <laughs> there's like a cardboard box that she's in, and you hear you hear the like <laughs> skittering and barking <laughs> no. inside as they starve to death. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that bad. was her. That was her That's request. Br- British colonialism for you, baby. She did say she 
wanted because they stopped breeding them because mm-hmm. she didn't want them to. What if they like outlawed the breed now? There's no fucked. more corgi. That'd be great oh for my God. neighborhood because there's corgis all over it. I fucking hate those. My things. dog doesn't really like corgis. She gets corgis are she shitty likes, dogs. She likes all dogs, and she's just like a little skeptical. She like, I can tell there's a vibe shift when they're around. Oh no! I, all the corgis I run into on my dog walks are dicks. Really? Yeah, they're just I've never they're seen just a corgi like that's a dick. Yappy before. little assholes. Yeah, they have they have weird energy, but I mean, obviously, I like your dog's. Pro- if you're listening and your dog's a corgi. They're probably your, your dog's. Your dog's fun. <laughs> we, we we love we love you guys. <laughs> your corgis are good. Your corgis fine. Yes, your corgis are probably good. Mm. I used to live across the hall from two corgis who like I had when I had Josephine who was my like killer German Shepherd. I lived across the hall from two corgis who were even more poorly behaved than my maniac dog. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But the the cool the, the advantage of having a corgi though they have those stubby legs so they can't escape. Yeah. They can't get <laughs> the away advantage from you. of having a dog. Is they can't you can run, but you can't hide. You make, can't make really little, run. Little footstools because yeah. they're like so th- thick and small. I got this. Uh, now my dog is like this lean little jacked running machine. Mm. Yeah, she's a lanky little yeah. girl. Yeah. Big girl. She's a big girl. Not that big. She's a big girl, sir. She's a big girl, sir. Um, <laughs> further business. Oh, that's right. I'm, I'm wearing my Silence of the Lambs uh, well, dog shirt well, That's right a great now. shirt. Hey, all right. There's a picture of Precious the dog on it. It's Precious. Yeah. I love the f- I love the fact that she has the dog at the end of it. I know. Oh, yeah, that's that's great. Su- she's just got it. such an amazing detail. Uh, further business. We got a parcel from one Cody down. A parcel. I love, I love parcel time. This is exciting. This I haven't is been. Like mail this bag. is like a mailbag. Everybody send us mail. There's only like three of you that send us mail, so and we need to up that to about a thousand. Yeah. One. Th- I would love one thousand pieces of mail, please. If half of our listeners send us mail. One thousand pieces, pieces of mail. Yeah, Matt is opening it up right now. Ooh, this is a box. Oh my god! Uh, wow, there's money. money in there. That's love that. Love that for us. <laughs> love money. <laughs> love money. Just truly love money. Love cold cash is king. Okay, cash is king. <laughs> there's a card. There's a card. So this is from our good friend Cody Downs. Yes. Regular listener, long time listener. Cody Downs. A wonderful man and a good friend. Travis, this is just oh, to you. Oh, I want that then. I you, well, I'm gonna, oh, you're going to keep it. Yeah. Happy early birthday. This was sent before your birthday. Yes. Please enjoy the promotional items from The Shadow, uh. The Phantom, uh. an original March 1965 <laughs> oh, lobby wow. card from The Sound of Music. Oh, my, oh my God. This is Keep awesome. up the sterling work, and always my best to you and the gang, oh. Cody. P.S. Blood and Wine from 1997 needs to be a future episode. Yeah, he. I think he suggested that he on the Patreon, and I looked it up and was like, "Yeah, <laughs> they actually." Uh, wow, happy very late exciting. birthday, Travis! Well, this makes it all worth it. Oh, oh who knows fuck. what evil lurks in the heart of men? The shadow knows. Looks Outstanding. We might throw these up on the Twitter or something or Instagram. Yes. Open this. I believe I know what that is. Too. What drugs? No, it's not drugs. I think this will actually fit. And then he sent us some art I as like well. That. This lobby card from The Sound of Music. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Ugh. For you, Travis. Yes. All this That's is for going, Travis. That's going on the wall at work. And uh, $30 in cash for you. Oh, because he turned 30 years old. That's fantastic. <laughs> I'm just letting everyone know my birthday is December 25th, so you guys can just send you me get, some presents No, you get there. ripped off for Christmas. <laughs> That's just how it is. Thank you, Cody. You're Thank you best. very much, Cody. Thank you Cody. are the best. And I think we're actually doing one of Cody's suggestions on a Patreon coming up too. So God wait, you gotta you. get that bubble wrap like on the mic for ASMR. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, let me get a couple pop- pops in. Oh my there god. Go. You see? Send us some bubble wrap too. 
Yeah. Oh wow, it's a what is uh, it? it's a ring with the skull on. Oh, it's this is the this is the phantom. Oh fuck yeah. This is the phantom promotional thing. This is uh, Be careful if you put it on <laughs> something might happen to you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> These are the best presents ever. Yeah. That ring is protected. I think that this will fit on my pinky, which makes it the fucking coolest. Yeah, oh, I, I, know, yeah. I know. Have you a, have to wear that on a the phantom pink. ring. Let me make sure. <laughs> Should it you comes turn up. it over? Should you turn it so the skull faces you, or do you want it to face away? You need from to face you? at other people. You gotta wear it classic ring style. Yeah, yeah. classic this ring is very style. Cool. Yeah, there you go. Wait, can I take a photo of it? We're gonna slam, slam evil. evil. We're gonna slam evil on this podcast today. Oh, here we go. <laughs> this is riveting podcast. Very cool. Very send, cool. send me that. Uh, <laughs> send me that picture so I can uh, DM it to Cody. I will. Oh, uh, everybody mail us stuff. My birthday maybe have maybe has passed, but it's it's never too late to send me birthday that presents. When's your birthday? November the second. Mm-hmm. Coming up, I'll be forty-four. Oh, I'm older than you, just by a little bit. Yeah, cute. And then Kevin's like six months younger than us. He's the baby. He'll Kevin's turn forty-four in what April next year? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Who fucking cares? I, barely, I mean, he's April, April 8th, He's dead anyway, so. Yeah. <laughs> he passed yeah. away. R.I.P., but we will be observing his birthday. Yeah. <laughs> In spirit. Yeah. Anyway, so what are we doing today, guys? Gosh, Speaking of spirits. I can only remember. Speaking of R.I.P. Speaking of dead people. Yeah. Today's episode is dedicated to the late, great Wolfgang Peterson, Wolfie. director of Das Boot. Enemy Mine. Enemy Mine. The Never Ending Story. Love it. And the three movies that we are going to discuss today on today's episode called... Wolfgang Bang. Yeah. <laughs> That's a Will Goss original? That's a Will Goss original. Uh, and today we have, I believe it's 1993's In the Line of Fire. Yes. 1995, yes? Yes. Outbreak. And 1997's Air Force One. <laughs> Not only are these big hits memorable for their individual summer releases, they are... Three of the greatest dad movies <laughs> I have ever seen. <laughs> Just monumental. And like, even if I didn't like them, although I mostly liked all I'll of them with some reserve reservations in the second one we'll talk about. Uh-huh. Uh, these are tremendous dad movies. They are just like sent from heaven dad BDE, movies. BDE, big dad energy. Super big dad energy. And <laughs> I really liked all of them too. <laughs> I mostly enjoyed them. I, I mean, I, I, I thought Outbreak was bad, but it was enjoyably so. It's very, it's very watchable crap. I yeah. would have to say. I, I thought I that one also looks pretty it. bad. Uh, I thought Air Force One tr- pr- truly looked like shit. Sometimes yeah. uh, the special effects are really bad. I, I think I probably enjoyed In the Line of Fire the most, even though there's plenty to not like about it. But there, but like Wolfgang Peterson had a knack, especially during this time, even with this f- really middle of the road, uh-huh. like just. The scripts there's here nothing are not inspiring great. about any of this stuff, yeah. and there's and there's moments of greatness and fun in all of them, and they're all like totally watchable. Uh-huh. They're not necessarily yeah. like good great movies. It's hard to have you have you seen Das Boot recently? It's great. It's I've fascinating. Nev- I've it's never a really seen good. It. It's like a genuine. Have you great seen like movie. the super long version? Yeah, I, I own the I TV had the four version. hour version. Yeah, yeah, that's and, yeah. and I preferred that one, and it's just hmm. like this really great. Like technically masterful movie that's like uncompromising and and then he just was like that's it I got the one in and I'm gonna go do Enemy Mine gonna, Enemy Mine's good do, Enemy Mine is Fireballs yeah <laughs> sheet so good <laughs> that movie's probably Lucas Jr. has a baby in it 
Yeah, that movie probably scared me more than almost anything else because we watched it when I was too young for it. Yeah, and it's there's a monster. That, there's a monster that comes out of the ground and almost rips Dennis Quaid's leg off. Then he throws Brian James into the, like the Thresher or whatever at the end. Yeah, oh, he did the perfect. It's a, it's storm. a really yeah, hard. Yeah, the perfect storm. So yeah. the perfect storm was one of the only terrible. Like movie. Uh, I re- I rewatched that pretty recently. I didn't like it. Yeah, it was like one of the the VHSs that my parents had. Hmm. I just remember it. I, I don't think I ever actually watched it, but it was always there on the shelf. I remember going to see that in the theater and like not having read the Sebastian Younger book that that it, that the movie is based on, but I knew you know that it was based on a true story, et cetera and so forth. And then at the end of the movie, spoiler alert: when everyone dies, everyone, literally everybody on the boat dies because nature wins. Nature wins, and I was like, so it's based on what true story? <laughs> Like, are you hey. telling me you made all of this shit up? Hey, 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 hey. And then it turned out like the families sued, and they were like, "You made my, you know, dead son look like a dick." Oh no! <laughs> which one? Uh, um, I don't remember which one. One of them's some the of them. guy for, is the guy from um, Strange Days. Yeah, William Fickner. William Fickner, and he's like, he's like original. He starts out as being a, dir- a jerk and becomes a nicer guy. That's true. I, I would assume at the end of it, but like yeah. at the beginning, he's just like a scumbag, mm-hmm. and it's like, this isn't this, isn't this a real guy? Yeah. Is it? But Come I mean, now. it is it is fun to watch though because it's like first of all the cast is stacked. It's like you got <sighs> Riley, you got Clooney, Wahlberg, Wahlberg before, his, before, he, he, before sucked. he sucked. You've got John Hawks, Diane, Diane Lane, Lane. You know uh, Christopher McDonald is like is a weather Mary guy. Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio. Uh, yeah, Emmy's in it. Um, it's it's super fun to watch and the special effects like they do sort of hold up. They were big at the time. Mm. Um, but yeah, the ending. Oh, also, everybody's talking like a fucking oh, Boston bad accent. Bad choice. Oh. Always a bad choice. What? I love that. Um, and then, <laughs> well, there you he, go. Maybe it's a good you choice. Know, and after the movies we're going to talk about today, he like briefly flirted with the Superverse. He was going to do Batman versus Superman in the late 90s, and that fell through. Huh. Um, and then he did Troy, which yeah. you know some people really like, and I haven't seen it in a long time, but I've I remember preferring to Gladiator. What about Poseidon? Poseidon is the movie that sunk his career. Yeah, <laughs> literally, because the cruise ship yeah. sinks. It's a remake of the Poseidon Adventure, and it was like a huge, expensive bomb. It's not terrible. It's not very good. No, is but it like, it's not very good. But it is one of those movies. I understand maybe why it's maybe a Ooh, good Kurt's choice for, for ruining uh, yeah. Wolfgang Peterson's career. Even though it's it. not the worst mm-hmm. thing in the world, it is one of those movies that you watch and you go like, oh, so they so they they stretch this a long way with a limited budget, and then it's like, oh no, that was the most expensive movie ever made. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh no. The money went it, to the wrong things. Yeah, the wrong it looks places. really. It doesn't look very good. And yeah, then, and then I haven't seen it since it came fortune. out. But yeah, yeah it lost a ton I'm of money. It, it is worth watching for one, and I will not spoil whose uh, yeah. death scene. Uh, because it's really just like the guy. It's one of those I things where you're like, the I guy is such a great actor. Fergie, because no, apparently not. she's in this movie. <laughs> yeah, she, she sings a morning after. She sings the song. Uh, but there, like, the one char- one main character dies towards the end of the movie, and it's a really good performance of a dude drowning. Ooh. Oh man. Um. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Wolfgang Peterson. We hardly career. we hardly knew ye. Yeah, and I also enjoyed the fact that if you if you look him up, he did uh, Poseidon, and it ruined his career. And he was just like, "I'm good." He did he make one more left. movie in Germany. Yeah, that I haven't seen. Just went like back a, to it's Germany. Like a heist comedy or something. I like have that. money. I'm fine. <laughs> I hope he stopped because he felt fine, and not because he was like, "Well, I fucked up." You right. know what I mean? I in my in my hopes sure and he dreams because he's made some movies that I I liked, and and then and obviously Enemy Mine is special to me because it destroyed my life for like a solid year because it was so scary. <laughs> um, that he just was like, all right, well, my Hollywood adventure was very fun. I go back to Dusseldorf and uh, I yeah. own a bakery, 
And maybe he owns a bakery. Or I got it. Wolfgang, if a you're McDonough. listening, if you're listening, but you're dead. But if your ghost is listening in Germany, heaven. In Germany, heaven. Send us some baked goods from your bakery in Germany. Yeah. Send us in some heaven. of those sausages <laughs> in that, Germany that and heaven. You make <laughs> in, in Germany, heaven. Germany. <laughs> in that big castle in Germany, heaven. Ah, I can smell it now. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so shall we get started with the uh, the podcast? Nine of, in the line of fire, 1993. <laughs> Three shots have been fired at President John Kennedy's It was his job to safeguard the destiny of a nation. But at the critical moment, he was a split second too late. Now, after a lifetime of second thoughts and second guesses... Secret Service agent Frank Horrigan is about to get a second chance. Yeah. Frank Horrigan? Yeah. I've read about you, seen photos. You were JFK's favorite. Dallas. What happened to you that day? And this time, he'll be ready. I see you, Frank. I see you standing over the grave of another dead president. That's not going to happen. Clint Eastwood, yeah. who who produced this along with his guy David Valdez, which made leads me to believe that at one point or another he flirted with directing it. Yeah, I'm glad he didn't. Yeah. Because there's stuff in this movie that I think is really good. There's plenty of stuff that is... I mean, he had a, obviously had a lot of power in the production, so he gets to be one of his quintessential Clint Eastwood characters, a.k.a. he's 65 and he's getting laid. What? Yeah. He's out there slinging it around. Yeah, everyone he's thinks he's hot. Guy. Everyone thinks he's hot. Why? He's so embarrassing to me. It's just like... Well, also, he's like it's so really, really cranky, like old misogynist dinosaur <sighs> guy. <laughs> but it's like... It is part of his character that he's supposed to be old. I mean, mm-hmm. that's like, uh, and, and yeah, that makes this sense. Is, and by yes. the way, this is thirty years ago. Yes, and he's yes. already fucking stone. I don't understand how he's how he's doing this. I don't understand how he's just getting older and older and older and older. And and Staying Travis alive. told me that his mom just passed away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, she was seven hundred and fifty years old. Yeah, <laughs> he was born. Before Plymouth Rock. He looks like <laughs> Plymouth Rock in his face. They didn't land on Plymouth Rock. They landed on him. They landed on Clint Eastwood. On Clint Eastwood. <laughs> Welcome to the country. Now get out. That's a good Clint. You guys, that's good. I well, know you guys are going to have some good Eastwood. I can't do it. It hurts they're, mentally, they're emotionally, be, physically. Yeah. They're going to be perfectly serviceable Clint Eastwood <laughs> impressions, I suspect. Sadly, I watched this like two and a half weeks ago because we had a delay, and I don't remember all of his misogynistic dialogue in it. I got, I got some of it. I'm here sure you have notes. some of it written down. But that's like part of his his character. And 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 I was I was talking to Emily about true crime before. Oh, speed how, zoo. How it's just basically yeah. Well, there's so much, but like how basically he's playing a character that is written for a person who's in his late 30s, and he is in his late 60s, and it's fucking insane. Yeah. At least in this movie, he is. Like for good reason, he's old. Yeah, because his character was in his was, prime was, in the sixties. Yeah, yeah, he was he was in he was Kennedy's the, motorcade. Yeah, yeah, he was the Secret Service he for was John Kennedy's F. Kennedy. Favorite Secret Serviceman, yeah. which is a really fun detail. And there's all the fun jo- jokes in the mi- in the middle of this where he's like, I don't know, me and Nixon got along okay, you know, stuff we went like bowling that. together. Or, no, didn't he say they played piano together? 
We yeah. played moon dance together or something. Yeah, it was, it, yeah, was yeah. it was something weirdly like cute best friend vibes. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, you play piano together? Yeah, like yeah. were you guys alone? <laughs> was it like uh, at a concert? We played chopsticks together <laughs> with Liberace. Those were heady days, man. Uh Liberace could suck a dick like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> God, the parties we had. <laughs> Sammy uh, Davis Jr. did so much blow. <laughs> Sammy Davis Jr. only had one eye. Um, uh, but the but the, he but my favorite. I love the fact that he's the John F. Kennedy's favorite Secret mm-hmm. Service man. Like this is on record somehow. A, it's not just. It's not want Eastwood. You, Clint Eastwood to uh, be uh, my uh, <laughs> my uh, secret uh, secret or, uh, or, uh, service. Uh, um, or, uh, Vote Quimby. But it was like other people go- saying that to him. It's, yeah, not yeah. him. it's not him going like, yeah, it was John F. Kennedy. was Because like, that's anybody could say that. But they're yeah. going like, I know you. You were Kennedy's favorite Secret Service. Your so he was like on record like, Mr. Kennedy, yeah. President Kennedy, who's your favorite Secret Service man? It's, um, well, it's uh, Frank I, uh, Horrigan. It's definitely her, uh, <laughs> this guy. And all the other Secret Service guys are going, well, fuck what you. What the fuck you? Jesus Christ. That's why they let him get shot. It's not very diplomatic. That's why they didn't help him when he got <laughs> yeah. when he got plunked. That guy said the fucking, he picked a favorite. That's, yeah, he would, well, they, all the, well, that was the conspiracy. All the other Secret Service guys were like, let's call Sam Giancana and Clay Shaw, I mean Clay Boytrin. Clay Boytrin. And Clay Boytrin, and we'll have, we'll mark him. We'll have him marked. <laughs> and then, and then at one point someone says that he had Kennedy's ear. Yeah, but they mean like in his refrigerator. (laughs) (laughs) He kept a souvenir after the assassination. I kept one of his ears. They said it was okay. I pulled it right off of Jackie O's blouse. I looked so sad after he got shot. Someone was like, here, have have his ear. It's fine. You did okay. You always had this. You're all right. (laughs) But I like the fact that like in the other sense of the term, I love the, like, what does it mean if a Secret Service man has the president's ears? Hey, uh, 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 Frank, should I uh, launch the uh, nuclear missiles against the uh, Russians for Cuba? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kennedy, get over here. Hey, come over here. Go into Cuba, man. It's going to be great. And then Kevin Costner shows up and he's like, hey, well, hold on. Here's <laughs> my Boston accent, sir. Uh, anyway. Uh, it's, <laughs> and it's weird. so forth. In the line of fire. But nice podcast we had here. But it's full of all that kind of like weird. This character's so cool. But at least at the same time, he is supposed to be old. And he's and they got, point out he's got like that. PTSD from back, the fact that he couldn't save Kennedy. He, he, he feels even, like he blew it. He like didn't try even. Yeah. He froze up. Um, love just, how this starts up. off uh, on John Kramer from Saw's sailboat. Mm-hmm. Yes, love Tobin Tob- Bell. Love a Tobin. Tobin Bell. Yeah, yeah. And he's and Clint Eastwood is he, he's pick he gets picked up in the morning by his tardy partner, Tart- Dermot, Dermot Mulroney's uh, opposite number, Mermit McDermott. Mermit McDermott. <laughs> Dylan Ron. Dylan Hubbard. Mermy Dermy. Dylan Derm. Dylan Dylan McGinnis. Dylan Hubbard. Dylan Dylan McDermott. Mermit, Dylan, Dylan Mc- McMurray. Kermit McDermott. Ethel McMurray. McDermott, McDermott the Frog. Dermot McMuffin. <laughs> Etc. Who is who is one of those guys? I we, we just McDillon. we just looked it up and and I recognized him and I did recognize the name of course because he's Mar- he's uh, Marmot Dolrooney's opposite number and I was just like how do I fucking know this guy and I guess he was on the practice and American Horror he's Story did a lot of t- oh an American Horror Story do you yeah. think that they were like one thing at one point and then like a they, they freak like, laboratory yeah. accident like <laughs> split them and Marmot McDermott like, like two cells just yeah. like. Ningus Bing Bong was like, <laughs> It's me, Dylan McDermott. Dylan McDermott was like, Hi, ma'am. 
<laughs> and for some reason, he had a weird voice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, send that guy like, off to be on the practice. He was like a brun- There was like a brundle fly problem with the two of them. <laughs> he pulled the shotgun up to his head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. You're gonna be on special victims unit or something. And apparently, like he's the stepson of the woman who wrote the Magina monologue. Yeah, and you guys, he wow. fucking his real name is Mark. His McDermott. real name is Mark, and he changed his name to Dylan because his ex stepmother's Eve Ensler. Eve Ensler. Had a child or did not have a child, yes. miscarried, and was going to name her baby Dylan. So or, he, yes. Yeah, Dylan. No, now I'm like, what the fuck is his real name? <laughs> Dermot. Dermot. Dil- Dilrod. Dilrod. <laughs> so th- I think that's weird. But it I is also, weird. but I also like it. I like that fact. I think it's just weird enough to pique my interest. Mm. Dermot McDermott. Uh, uh, starts out immediately going like, "Sorry, I'm late, Frank," and he's like, "It hey, better be on time next time." And then, and then he's like, "Well, I got a wife and a kid, and you know, I'm a little burning burn the candle at both ends, and obviously, I'm going to get killed at some point in this movie." He literally says, uh, "I'm going to go home. I'm, I'm going to go home and hug my wife and kids." <laughs> yeah, because, and you're because like, oh, so he's dead. Tobin but Bell figures out that he's a Secret Service agent. These are some counterfeiting guys. Because Tobin Bell sets up an elaborate, uh, an elaborate yeah. killing machine in his sailboat. <laughs> Unbelievable. I, I yeah, the they didn't saw him. They just like... <laughs> this is very silly. Okay, well, we're just we're in the first fucking scene of this movie. But uh, Clint Eastwood is like, yep, that's me. I'm the uh, counterfeit money guy that's selling you your counterfeit money. He's yeah. 66 years old, and the guy's like, yeah, okay, an old, old man's doing this crime? Yeah. Sure. I want you to kill this your all partner, makes sense. Yeah, sure, okay, I'm a hardened criminal for sure. I do like the Definitely part. A I, counterfeiter. I do like when like they're putting they're putting the bag over his head and like choking out Mermit McDermott, uh, and then Clint Eastwood's like, "Can I have my uh, pistoli?" Yeah, uh, and because they've taken his big giant Magnum revolver and they just give him the gun back and he's just like, <laughs> just like fucking nukes these guys like Dirty Harry style. It's awesome. He's like Frank. Yeah, you knew uh, you knew that there was because like, at one point they give him the gun and he knows and he yeah. pulls the trigger on his. head. That's right. He pulls yeah. the trigger on because his because he know, he somehow knows that it's uh, you knew not you knew it was like the, you knew by the weight that. It wasn't loaded, right, Frank? Tell me you knew. Oh uh, yeah, sure, sure. Whatever, okay, buddy, pal. go like, home and hug like, your wife or whatever. Whoa, whoa, scary stuff. Yeah. And so Mermit McDermott certainly can't uh, can't handle this business. But at a certain point, Clint Eastwood convinces him to stay in the game, and you, know, of course, he dies. Yeah. And then, as uh, anyway, it turns and out, and then another man's dead because of fucking Clint Eastwood yeah. in this movie. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, the, like, fast forward. Basically, there's the plot is that. Uh, they they come across a new a possible presidential assassin, mm, the best presidential, the best assassin. Special, presidential assassin. Who turns out to be played by uh, John Malkovich. Fantastic. Who's very great fun in, in this role. movie. Yeah, so fun. I mean, he was heralded at the time, got an Academy Award nomination, and oh, it, really it for holds, this? He got nominated. Oh, wow. And it holds up. Yeah, he's very good. He's really fun. I uh, mean, he's a master of disguise, which is really funny. <laughs> that, it's like, it's really funny because they're like, he, they're like, he could look like anybody, and then they show you all of the composites of, of different <laughs> versions of him, and it's like, they all look like they John look Malkovich. Like There's a hysterical scene towards the end where they do this, like, morphing of him. Yeah, like yeah. He's putting on his new, his makeup. This is his final form when he's yeah. going to go into the Yeah, but uh, the FBI is doing, like, the morphing and it's like, identification and thing. And he goes from John Malkovich to... John Malkovich, <laughs> like it changes very. <laughs> it'll, it'll be, yeah, it'll be like John Malkovich with like different hair, yeah. or John Malkovich with a mustache. No, he puts on a prosthetic nose, and it like doesn't even look doesn't that different than his real nose. <laughs> yeah. And then he puts on like round glasses, and you're like, oh fuck, who the fuck is well, that who is guy? That? Who, who is, is that guy that looks Clark can't become Superman? Different. He's just like, <laughs> and, and at, at a certain point, he's getting in. We're skipping all the way to the end, of course, but he's getting in, and people are looking at all these different pictures that are the yeah. possibilities of what he looks like, and one is just John Malkovich. 
And it's and then he looks at him and it's just John Malkovich. Yeah, he's like, that's he's not like, him. No, no way. That's just some <laughs> completely other guy. This guy's chin is slightly bigger. So good. No way. Anyway, so he's like, he's uh, uh, gonna be, he's gonna try to kill kill the president, and um, I don't know how. Okay, so they they the first thing that happens is they get a call from a from mm-hmm. a tipster who's like, I have a tenant in this apartment, and I went to his apartment, and I found this creepy presidential yeah, because he hasn't been around or whatever, he hasn't shit. paid rent, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And Clint Eastwood goes and checks it out, and sure enough, there's like a big like thing on the wall with all these clippings about presidential assassins and stuff, it's and there's an like, altar to assassination. Yeah, and then there's a picture of like. Him as a young man, or Clint Eastwood as a young man, like behind the Kennedy motorcade, and Merma McDermott is like, "Dude, that's you, Frank." Yeah, and they're like, <laughs> "Okay, well, this guy's clearly up to no good. Let's come back in the morning." Yeah, that's very strange. Uh, which they do, and John Malkovich has ninja style silently moved his entire apartment out. Yeah, except for the picture of Clint Eastwood. Yes, but at a certain point, he does. He is uh, standing on the road ac- across the street while he sees Clint Eastwood walk up to the window when he's examining the apartment. He's looking it through uh, yeah, yeah. binoculars and. This is where he realizes that the famous Frank, whatever yeah, yeah. Frank, whatever his name is, Corrigan, Corrigan, is like Cor- is Corrigan. the guy that's Corrigan. on his case, and this and this gives him a crazy person hard on. Yeah, yeah. And oh, so yeah. now he gets, so to, he gets to he gets to square off, and it's like and it's this you get all this like we're we're the same kind of guy, Frank. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We were betrayed by this the is, system. This and is blah, the blah, game, blah. Frank. You're playing so, the yeah, cat what, mouse game. What is even his reason? For wanting to kill the president. Because he was a black ops, like a CIA black yeah, bad guy, like yeah. an assassin. He was trained as an assassin. And then the CIA, like, disavowed him, like, mm. sent him into the wind. And sent his friend to try to kill him. Yeah. And he, of course, he killed, he his, killed friend. his friend. He killed his friend. And then, and then that was just sort of like, it's kind of like the uh, generic. He doesn't have any b- particular beef with the president. It's yeah. just sort of like, I'm going to get revenge on my country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sort of thing. And I'm going to get famous. And yeah, yeah and, and he, lo- the he loves the idea of being a presidential assassin. And the best one. He thinks he's yeah. going like, to get away with it. Yeah. And the, and the country made him into the killer, too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. hey, yeah. Uh, but, uh, he, like, so then he, like, call, he starts calling Clint Eastwood at home. The world can be a cruel place to an honest man, eh, Frank? And then, and then he's, but like this is one of the fun details that I don't, I don't know if it's realistic or maybe it is, but he's got some sort of device that is basically like you're not going to be tracing me, so he can just call and talk to Frank anytime and doesn't really have to worry. I mean, maybe they can trace him after a while. I don't know, but he's able to just freely communicate with Frank all the time. Sounds like bullshit to me. And this is the fun, but this is like the fun stuff in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like Clint Eastwood being like, "Oh, you fucking asshole," and John Malkovich being like getting into his head and stuff. The best, the best example. of him getting into Clint Eastwood's head is when he goes, you and I have a rendezvous with death, Frank. And he goes, you got a rendezvous <laughs> with my ass, motherfucker. It's the greatest line of film history. It's pretty great. You have a rendezvous with my ass, motherfucker. From an old man saying that it, is, too. That is the best Clint Eastwood line of the 90s outside of anything in The Rookie. <laughs> Was is there a, is there a classic one in the rookie that stands out? I mean, one of my there's so many good lines in the rookie. You're like the kind of guy, you know, the real criminal is the kind of guy who would paint a car the color like that, ought to have his mm, ass removed. That's no. Uh, <laughs> you have a rendezvous with my ass. I, I really like the whole scene in the rookie where he's talking to the news reporters. Like there is a son of a bitch who is hurting out there right now, and I'm fucking liking it. Like all that, <laughs> all the Clint Eastwood shit in that movie is gold. I don't understand why people hate that movie. It's a masterpiece. <laughs> we did it on the Patreon. I know. Great film, the rookie. Sign up for the Patreon and go check that out it's a classic episode great movie uh i think it's like the one of the first or second like the first or second patreon we did was for the rookie we yeah, did that we, real early we, on. we really jumped on that one yeah uh anyway uh we just did magnolia yeah right the well, rookie they're the no. same <laughs> it's true 
There's that part in the rookie where Clint Eastwood's like, I sucked men's cocks. <laughs> <laughs> sucked other men's cocks. <laughs> and Pat Healy is just like looking at him. It's weird. <laughs> uh, but then, of course, they pair him up, uh, or like he's working with Rene Russo, who's introduced. The, the diabolical Rene Russo, yeah. whom I cannot abide. Yeah, we'll talk about her more in the next movie. Yeah, we have a double ruse. Well, I can talk yeah. more about my lack of affection for Rene Russo. Um, I, we can both talk about that. I really, only outside of the lethals, I really don't like her. I ha- I'm very neutral toward her, so I'm yeah. interested in hearing. I just find her, I just think she's, trash I just think she's a bad actress. I just yeah. think she sucks. Yeah. 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 Well, as as most of uh, Clint Eastwood's movies, he's playing a sexy, charming guy with the strength of ten men. The the whole thing in this, where like he keeps saying like dirty, misogynistic shit to her, and she she totally blows him off. Like she's like, whatever, you old bastard. And then like later on, they start fucking making out and stuff, and it's like I don't and understand. They're, and they're gonna get married at the end. Yeah. They're like together at the end. Um, uh, oh, 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 go ahead. I was just gonna say there's there's an interaction between them where she, he was like, oh, am I not really your type? And she was like, well, what type are you? And he's like, white piano playing heterosexuals over the age of fifty. Or I don't well even know. over I, the <laughs> age of fifty. I don't know if that was to her. He does say that at one point. I'm pretty sure it's to Rene Russo, but I'm not. Yeah, sure. he does. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Uh, Piano playing heterosexuals. But it's also one of those things. It's which is very silly. Like I guess I could see them selling this romance between the two of them because this is Rene Russo. She's probably in her. I'm assuming in her 30s. Yeah. Clint Eastwood's well into his hundreds. When this came out. And but and and I could I guess if if you're trying to sell me on this unlikely relationship, maybe they get together and through like they get to know each other sort of thing. And then she's like, oh okay, maybe this guy. (laughs) But he he like walks into the room and she's like, well hello. Like she's not gonna immediately going for him first she's like right. playing hard to get but it's also like you get that shot of him walking into the room and her going who's this old fuck well maybe it's because he's like you know like oh that's that that guy was secret service for jfk like that, could i could be. maybe there's that intrigue or yeah, something yeah. like that oh, the famous guy I'm who like, let kennedy die i'm like maybe she knows it's clint eastwood like somehow closest <laughs> is a lingerie, closest lingerie shop without a front window frank that's the only way it would make sense <laughs> Is if it like that's Clint Eastwood, yeah. <laughs> the famous movie star? Wait wow. a minute. <laughs> Do you? Amazing. Let me ask you both the question. Clint Eastwood's very old in this movie. He's always old. Always. Is he? Is he handsome? No. Uh, it's less bizarre than in True Crime, where he's even older. Deal. And there's like, uh, I was telling Emily about the scene where he's in line at the coffee shop, and like a yeah. literal twenty-year-old wo- woman goes like, mm, "Oh, hello." Mm, a seventy-year-old. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's I don't think so. Did you think, did you think he was ever handsome, like when he was young, like Dirty Harry? Yeah, maybe like the cowboy, the maybe like cowboy days. Okay, um, and he but aged now it's well. just yeah, it's not. Like, I'm not saying he's ugly. This. It's like right, more right, like right. he's just he's he's very he just looks very old, and there's nothing wrong with being old. But I'm not old, so maybe that's a different thing. And then uh, he's just like really off-putting in how he he acts. I think it's just the cockiness and everything that I'm like. That just makes you like. I just want to be away from you. You're yeah. supposed. To, you're supposed to think he's a charming rogue, but he just seems like a. Yeah, ass, just he like, seems Ugh. like a trollish asshole. Ugh. Yeah. He actually does the. It's like literal trolling, and he does it twice. Where he like he's like does says a dickish thing, and then goes like, "Well, I got you because you reacted," like sort of thing. Uh-huh. And the first one is like when he first meets um, Rene Russo, and he goes, "Well, well, 
Because he's because she's because she's like hang, he does, I don't know if he says well 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 bring the girl to me lower the, <laughs> bathe her and have her brought to my chambers lower those eyebrows Clint yeah. and the other one uh, but he goes uh, but she's she's with some of his other coworkers that are men and he goes well secretaries get prettier and prettier around here and she goes I'm not a secretary I'm a I'm a secret service agent too and he goes I knew that I was just trying to get a rise out of you yeah, and it's like, you're like ah yeah, yeah. No. you want to go have a cocktail with me and Bill O'Reilly later. <laughs> <laughs> and then it says, and then at a certain point he's talking. This is later on when they know each other a little better. Better, and he's talking to her about how she's one of the you know 150 so female Secret Service agents. He goes, "Pure window dressing. They have you all around so the oh, president yeah. can look good to his feminist voters." Yeah, and she's like, "You're a fucking asshole." True, he's like, all true. But, and then he goes, "But." But so um, that's why they keep me around too. It's all window dressing. And you're like, ah, oh, yeah, you got it. Yeah, you again. got it. It's trolling. Got me. Fun. And she does have a line where she goes, "Every time I start to sympathize with you, you say something really annoying," which is 100 percent the situation with this She's character. Not wrong. Yeah, because you do feel sorry for this character. He's completely fucked up from experiencing yeah, his, Kennedy's death. His wife as one and would his, be. his whole family left him. He had like he. After that, he started like drinking and stuff, and apparently it was hard to live with. His kids and his wife left him, and that's we kind of don't really know much more about that. He did a New Yorker profile where apparently he just came clean about all this stuff. (laughs) I feel like um, the 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 attempts at pathos for the character, like you're you know you're supposed to be aware of his like sort of his demons, you know, like his his passes that haunts him and stuff. I don't think it lands. Because, Not like, really. the Be- movie is too focused on the suspense, and he's, like, despite being this misogynist dinosaur, it is fucking Clint Eastwood walking around with a gun being a badass. So the vast like, majority of the time, he's, like, swaggery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, if it was if, if it's so much about him being, like, I couldn't save one president, so I have to save this president. Like you said, it's more about him and this and John Malkovich kind of facing off yeah. instead of him being, like, I must protect this president because I I'm believe in him. Like, yeah, because I have to, like, make it make up for that, yeah. you know? The president, fine. both in the both in the <laughs> eye care. of the um, of the killer John Malkovich, and in the eye of the movie, is a non-entity. Yeah, you're not supposed to think one thing yeah. or another about this president. Right. He's just I don't I think he may, maybe is a Democrat. I can't. I don't he's know. He's definitely if they a white say. dude. That's all we he's know. He's a white old dude, and uh, and it's just sort of like he's just some president. Yeah. You're not supposed to think he's a good president or a bad president. He yeah. Just, he's is just a, president. a placeholder there. Yeah. It's not. It's immaterial. Um, Which is maybe a good so choice. I don't John know. Malkovich, we come to understand, is both the world's greatest assassin and the world's dumbest assassin. Sure. Uh, and Clint Eastwood's character uh, totally fails to catch this guy like any number of times just because he has like magic superpowers of yes. like disappearing. And he's always two steps ahead. Yeah. Um, he's planning on killing the president with a homemade pistol. One of the best parts of the movie. Yeah, Pretty this, cool. Like, Pretty weird, fucking cool. It's like carved. It's like made out of plastic thing that he's like built himself. It's like a zip gun, basically. And this is interesting detector. because now anyone can fucking have 3D printers at their house. Yeah, you can fucking do that. Yeah, now it doesn't seem so weird. Yeah. But it, when this came out in 1993, I remember that being like, holy what? shit, that cool gun, right? Yeah. This was I real mean, fodder cool. for like uh, kids Matt, Kids trying Matt to make guns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for well, sure. Yeah, maybe <laughs> you so. guys just down but with your Legos being like, I know this can fucking work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this is where you get those cool scenes where he's like building yeah, yeah. the gun from top to bottom, like pouring stuff into molds. And then and, like, he like practices putting it together and taking it apart without looking at because you know he has to do that under the table eventually yeah, yeah, yeah. At, the, yes. at the convention. It's cool. I like his whole yeah, scheme. is cool. is really fun. Mm-hmm. But like one thing that keeps happening in this movie is like first he goes to the bank to do some like finance business that he needs to do because he's like pretending. His part of his plan is to pretend to be a campaign donor so that he can get close to the president at this campaign event, right? Mm-hmm. So he's like setting up the bank accounts 
and oh, like the, the dummy corporations with this lady at the bank Love and like lady. he starts to flirt with her a little bit and she like asks him questions because like he's like oh you're from minnesota i'm from minnesota too oops and then he kind of like he messes that up a little bit and for reasons i was not uh, really clear on this means that he has to go to her house and murder her and her roommate <laughs> yes this is what happens with daniel plainview and the guy who's pretending yeah. to be his brother i loved the, the peach the I peach dance the or whatever the, the voicemail their answering machine message i wrote yeah. it down because it was so oh, cute go for it hi this is sally and this is pam we're either out having fun or we're asleep leave a message <laughs> this episode so of the delicious dish is sponsored by In the Line of Fire. <laughs> Those people, these be, so these cute. ladies are active. If they're out, they're yeah. either partying or they're asleep. There's no other. I mean, or they'd be answering the phone. Or they'd be answering the phone. Yeah. But I don't know. I they're, feel like it's great. weird that they don't they have a lot fun. of like wine-related word art in their. Apartment. I'm sure if we if we had a <laughs> live, tour. laugh, love. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Not drinking alone if the dog but he, is home. He snaps <laughs> both of their necks. It's brutal. <laughs> and, they, and they show, they like show it. Yeah. <laughs> and this is a necessary scene, too, because John Malkovich is one of those fun, I don't know, likable's the term for it, but he's fun. Yeah. And so like, you got to get a little extra gotta reason, make him a monster. Yeah. A little extra motivation for you to be rooting. Because right. Clint Eastwood's an yeah, asshole. Because at, at this point, we're like, what a wacky guy. But like, <laughs> like, but I love his shrine. He kills, he's a lot of fun. He kills these two ladies. Then later on, when he's practicing with his gun on the riverbank, he this kills, is my, one of my favorite he kills these two hunters that he comes across. For some reason, Ew, they, they barely had like two words. Yeah. I don't even know if they said anything. And, and it's like he killed the the Minnesota banker lady because he felt like she could maybe like like I trace back to him somehow. That seems like a stretch. And then he kills the hunters like literally because like they saw, they saw him. his gun. And it's like, but no, like nobody would ever. That would never have like impeded his plan. It, the thing that's going to impede his plan is that he killed four people now. Yeah. Well, I think. It, it just adds to him being a little unhinged and a little scary. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's for the movie. Like for the movie's kill. purposes, it's like, like you got to no, see yeah, scary. Yeah, there's no reason for it. <laughs> but it doesn't, like, he's, like, they talk about how meticulously planned everything is and how he's, like, making but sure no. there's no traces. It's like, no, they would have caught this guy for murder, like, a couple of times. Yeah, you fucking snap the necks of these two ladies after yeah. you visited them at the bank. His there's prints are all like, over the place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But this way, at least, you do get to see how cold and methodical right. he is. Right, yeah. While he's killing, because in both cases, he, like, walks in on the ladies and he's like, I'm sorry, ladies, but I don't. I'm not going to be able to let you leave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like, what? I'm not, snap, I'm not snap. trying to suggest that it's like not fun to watch. It's yeah. more just like this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's uh, for stuff that they had to put in the script yeah. that doesn't make sense. Um, and I do like, I do like when they start to get closer to him, like later on in the movie, where they start to figure out, oh, it's this guy, Mitch Leary. You know, they well, they 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 think they're going to bust him, and they run, they go to a place where they think he's living, and the fucking FBI is there, and the CIA guy is there, and he's like, ah, oh, sorry, we're on the same they team. Get an also, the, the guy you're chasing is like a CIA. Assassin. Sorry, we didn't tell you before. <laughs> yeah, it was it was ultra. You know, it was super mega. C twelve. Yeah, is the level of clearance that it is. And uh, and um, then they start to track him down. They like find an old an old buddy of his who's like a fellow train model, like model train dude. And the guy's like. It's John Hurd. No, oh, that, no, that's not, a different. Yeah, okay, sorry, sorry. One of them's John Hurd, and John Hurd is like, no, you got to talk to this other guy. John Hurd just doing a fucking cameo yeah. in this movie. Weird. John Hurd is like, you know, who you should talk to is this other dude, and the other dude is like, you know, see this wheelchair? He 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 bought this wheelchair for me, and then he just pulls a gun out. He's like, see this gun? I carry this gun in case he ever shows up. That's right. <laughs> oh yeah. We have a complicated relationship. Yeah. Um, so they, I mean, like the the procedural aspects of this, like of them tracking him down and sort of figuring out who Malkovich is are kind of dull, yeah. I think. But whenever there's like a fugitive-style scene, and this has a lot in common with the fugitive, in my opinion, mm. except it's more exciting. Uh, like, you know, the chase on the rooftop. The classic rooftop chase. When he's like, when he's like, 
uh, uh, Clint, Eastwood, Clint Eastwood's going to fall, and John Malkovich is like holding his arm, and he's like, you know, take my hand or you'll die. Yeah. Clint Eastwood's, this is classic. This is really good stuff. And he, Clint Eastwood pulls out his gun while he's holding, dangling yeah, yeah. from the roof, holding onto Malkovich's hand, and he and he puts the gun in his face, and Malkovich starts deep-throating the gun, oh, yeah. which I believe was improvised. Yeah, pretty uh, cool. John Malkovich improvised oh, this that. like in I the moment. And I love the idea of John Malkovich doing that to fucking Clint Eastwood. Yeah, yeah. What's that fucking weirdo doing to my goddamn gun? <laughs> We're keeping it in, Clint. It is good. <laughs> it's it's good, good, yeah. That's good, yeah. That's good, yeah. That's Wolfgang Peterson. <laughs> Do you like a bite of my flavor bar? Oh, would you like some strudel? <laughs> Put the cream on first. Oh. <laughs> Apple la creme. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Achtung! Achtung, baby. Uh it's uh and then and then he he pulls Clint Eastwood up and then Dermot McDermott shows up at the very oh, last second. I forgot about him already. Gets capped. Oh, he gets capped right in the head. Well, he gets shot in the head, and then, and then like, he shoots him again. He shoots him again, and then the blood comes out of his mouth. It's really like, good. Well, you yeah. got him. You got him. That was it's good, good stuff. That was good stuff. Oh, no, man. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, man. I ne- this was not telegraphed that this was going to happen, man. From the from the onset, it's like the, in the second minute of the movie, it's like, I'm afraid I'm going to die, Frank. I'm definitely going to die, Frank. No. He wants to stop. He yeah, he keeps wants wanting to, to retire. He just stop. wants to Let hug me, his wife. I don't wife. like this job. My wife and kids really love me, Frank. They love me, and the, I love the, them. The sort of the sort of precision, the old, the old fashioned precision of the script, I think, does a really good. A lot of heavy lifting for this movie. It's crisp. It moves along. Yeah, this is like exactly the movie you want it to be. I kept I, while I was watching it, I kept thinking of the fugitive and going like, this is just as dumb. Yeah, it has just as many like ridiculous plot holes. Characters who are bad at their jobs. All the stuff that I complained about when we did the fugitive. But it's like, oh, this is also exciting and fun to watch, whereas that one, for me, just mm-hmm. totally failed. At times, I feel like, especially during the climax of the movie, it's kind of indisputably exciting. Like, yeah, yeah, the climax totally. climax is fucking great. I feel yeah. like this is this is like this moves enough and is exciting enough that it papers over all the parts where I'm like, that's fucking stupid. It is stupid. I mean, it's middle of the road hooey, like all yeah. these movies are. Um, but like crisp, but like very well comp- competently done. Yeah. With occasional uh, moments of genuine inspiration, all three of these movies. I think John Malkovich really, really he runs sells the it. show though. Yeah. John, absolutely. And John, I think without, and John Mahoney, it, it made it made him a huge star at the time, and you can see why. Like it, it with it, a boring it still works. villain, with a boring villain, this this movie would have really just oh, not yeah. been good at all. Absolutely, and there's nothing necessarily inherent in the right. I mean, the script is right down the middle. There's nothing inherent right. in the in the thing where it's like this is a great character and it's going to be great. Like John Malkovich, really, it's in the way that he performs it, and just in the fact that he's John Malkovich, he's got a way about him. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's that also re- a that really scene, makes it work. There's a scene of him eating spaghetti, which always yes, creeps that me was good. Huge, yeah. huge I, uh, plate of spaghetti. Yeah, and I I hate it, but I I love it because I I just keep adding it. I need to start making a list because spaghetti eating in movies just fucking (laughs) scares the shit out of me. That's fascinating. I love that so much for you. Yeah, I love that for you. (laughs) It's just like, what's a more terrifying food to be eating on, on camera? I don't know. Do you like it in like blue is the warmest color? No, she's just like shoveling no, she's eating, it into she's her eating mouth. it constantly in it. It's that's just... why you loved uh, Killing of the Sacred Deer so much. That oh must have scared no, the hell out of you. and that's also why I loved the Dog Father. Oh, oh my no. God, the Dog Father. <laughs> but yeah, I'll I'll compile. <laughs> no C-spot <something>. run. <laughs> yeah, well, there's no spaghetti in that though. 
It's great. True. It's <laughs> just, a, it, but it is a massive plate of spaghetti. I guess he needs his carbs because he's going to be doing he's a lot of carbs running on rooftops and because uh, <laughs> he's a goddamn. <laughs> what kind of a sick <laughs> motherfucker eats this much fucking spaghetti? Do it alone. Do it in private. Don't let me watch you eat he's spaghetti. Like, he's like the original gluttony victim from Seven. He's just like <laughs> fucking shoveling spaghetti into his mouth oh, because the demons won't let him stop. Don't kick him in the stomach or he'll he'll have lines of <laughs> distension across the duodenum. <laughs> if you shine a flashlight in his eyes, he'd die from shock right now. <laughs> <laughs> and he still has hell to look forward to. Anyways, I, I don't know why I'm making it. Why am I commentating Why am I editorializing I'm just right a fucking now. doctor. What is my opinion on this matter at all? I should keep my thoughts like that to myself. Uh, <laughs> uh, with good cause. Anyway, back to In the Line of Fire. Uh, yes, at a certain point, um, they, they keep, I mean, they, there's a part where Clint Eastwood's like, why don't you give me a ride? Um, to, yeah, because uh, he doesn't drive. Russo. He doesn't drive. And she's like, I'm not into you. She's obviously into him. She's, got, she's kind of always kind of going How like, she hey, yeah. I'm not into you, you old man. She's You're just sexist not that into me. Whatever. And then they the part where they go and they get ice cream, and he's like, I like sitting in front of old Abe Lincoln and eating my ice cream. And Such then she's a like, well, scene. anyways, I'm out of here. And he's wa- she's walking away, and he goes, if she turns back and looks at you, you know she's interested. Oh, I hated that. Come on, baby. Turn back and look. Turn back and look. And she's what if it, what if she got old plowed weird... like Brad Pitt and Meet Me Joe Black here? Yeah. <laughs> Oh no, man! Oh no, man! <laughs> For those who don't understand that joke, that's also from the rookie at the beginning of the rookie. Clint Eastwood's partner gets killed, and he just goes up to the body. He goes, "Oh no! Oh no, man!" Uh, Incredible! It's fucking dumb. And uh, and then she, of course, looks back. And Have you like, ever done that I in still like, IRL? Looked back. To make, like, for, for exactly that <laughs> purpose? behind me, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, whenever you're following me. <laughs> you fucking yeah, creep. There he is. Uh, and then, yeah, and then, but of course. He's, like but to he see if he this. checked you out or yeah. if, you, if a girl checked. Yeah, Definitely. I do that all the time. You do it just all the time. All the time. Doing it, doing it, as soon as I leave here, I'm just going to look around. <laughs> Anytime I, there's I a stranger right around now. me, I got to yeah. make sure. Yeah. You just got to make sure. And then, But then, like, right after, he's, like, right in front of the Lincoln Memorial. And right after she looks back, he's like, well, looks like I still got it. And then he looks back at Abe Lincoln. He goes, well, Abe, damn. Wish I wish I could have been there for you, pal. And you're like, do you? You didn't save Kennedy. Yeah, and I then talking, and then, you're not and then good Lincoln's at this. statue actually winks at him. He <laughs> <laughs> gives him a thumbs up. It's it's weird. Weird. He starts Ding. doing the P and V like finger <laughs> thing. You're gonna get some. <laughs> that's Thanks, that's how he still sounds. He sounded like that in 1863 too. <laughs> uh, Four score and seven years ago. <laughs> God. Abe Lincoln, he sounds like the chipmunks that played at normal speed. A house divider cannot stand. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Abe. You're my pal. I was born two years after you were assassinated. <laughs> wish I got to meet no, you. He was, he was born immediately when Abe Lincoln died. He's reincarnated. I wish I could have known you, but I was just a kid. I mean, they're both Candle tall. burned out long before. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on from Abe Lincoln, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I have anything else to say about. Well, this. they catch up. Well, with, we know what's going to happen. They catch up with. Uh, you know, there's a big confrontation at the end. There's a big campaign event. Ooh. Oh, Cl- Clint Eastwood keeps running a. No, foul. I don't have. I just rem- I'm remembering what happens yeah. now. Yeah. Clint Eastwood <laughs> keeps is is um is a. Uh, well, we forgot about he's a loose some, cannon. We forgot about some important scenes. Yes. One, there's the part where he gets like pneumonia. He gets like super sick, and they have like a campaign event, and he's really really sick. He's kind of oh, delirious, yeah. and then. Like, like some balloons start popping at the campaign event, and he's like, "There's somebody here as a gun." Doing a bad job. So did he? I was confused about that. Did he just? Was he just sick? He's yes, just sick. he was just sick. Because at first I was like, "Did he get poisoned? Like, did Malkovich do no, something?" No, he just got sick. 
He just got sick. He's okay. old. Yeah, I know. Because he was in the rain man. before there was a yeah. before they were doing an event. It was all cold and rainy. Yeah, so he had like a fever, but he didn't go home. Yeah, and then like somebody's popping balloons, and I think it might even be Malkovich popping the. It balloons. It is Malkovich popping the balloons. Yeah, and and like he mistakes that for a weapon. He's like gun. So he's like a little disgraced, and they want to take him off the detail because Gary Cole Makes is the pre- his, uh, Gary Cole, but then also Fred Thompson. Yeah, Fred Senator Dalton Fred Thompson. Thompson is like, I want that guy off of my detail. He's doing a bad job, and he is doing a bad. He's job. doing a bad job. He did a bad job there. Like yeah. it's that's a bad thing so they, to do. But they take him off the president's detail, but they let him they let him stay on the Mitch Leary investigation. Yes, uh, especially after his partner gets popped. And then at a certain point, he, him and Rene Russo do hook up. They do hook they up. They have a scene they have, where they're they like taking some, off all their guns. Some and lights stuff. out, lights out, making out stuff. And yeah, we don't really see anything, do we? No. no, no well, the no, phone rings, no. and then they don't they don't get to consummate. Yeah. That. Like I gotta go back to Secret Service detail, and yeah. he's like, "Oh God damn it, man! I gotta put all that shit back on." Yeah. Again. There's there's like a what do you think about there's that? There's an Abe? allegedly funny shot. Like usually it's people like taking their clothes off, but in this case it's like they're doing that, and also like all their guns and handcuffs yeah, and like yeah. Yeah. extending batons and stuff are dropping all over the floor, and it's like, oh great. Cute. And they have a bunch. Of, they have a bunch of stuff on them. <laughs> yeah. It's like because of their job. It does make me think of the scene in uh, in Naked Gun Two and a Half with George Kennedy, where he's gonna beat up that guy. He's like, I'm not a cop anymore. And he takes one gun out. He takes another gun out. He takes his badge out and throws it. And he p- takes a bra out and throws yeah. it down on the ground. <laughs> I, I actually it. watched some of Naked Gun just the other night. It's still funny. Yeah, never, the, the, never seen the big, it. The big, yeah. the big dating montage with some, some the Herman Hermits, and then like they come out of the movie theater laughing like laughing idiots. Platoon. And it comes out as this platoon. I was dying. I was dying. <laughs> so funny. I thought for years that Herman Hermits was like a fake silly name no, for that's a band, Peter Noon. and it's a real was band. a song that they composed for the for the movie. And it's like really? I, I have one of their albums now. Yep. Yeah, fun stuff. And now you're a fan. And now I'm a fan. <laughs> they're, they're pretty good. Anyway, Naked Gun, very good movie. Very good movie. Uh, uh, this movie's fine too. It's good. I like it. Anyway, so. So they have their film. big showdown at the end. There's yes. a big campaign event. John Malkovich has infiltrated the event. He manages to get his gun through security. He looks he has his 12% bullets. different than how he normally looks. Yeah. He has bullets and a little rabbit's foot in his keychain. Yeah. He meets up with a guy who is like, oh, yeah, I'm going to introduce you to the president. Like you're Because he's like pretended to be like this high donor. A big investor yeah. of like this company or whatever. And, and he's so. donated a lot of money to the campaign. There's yeah. a scene where he's sitting at the table with all these business guys, and he talks the talk really well, yeah, too. Yeah. He's going like, he's like, in America, we think one quarter ahead, but uh, the, Japanese. the Japanese are thinking uh, a quarter century ahead, and they're all like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 everyone, everyone, everyone And then Clint Eastwood comes up to the other fat cat who like got John Malkovich yeah. in and is like, excuse me, can I talk to you for a second? And he gets up and leaves, and then John Malkovich is like... That guy's a secret <laughs> service agent. <laughs> I can tell. And uh, and his whole plan is just, just to pretend to be a because he's pre- he has pretended to be a greasy, dirty hippie before, yep. and other types of guys. But now he's a he's a hobnobbing with the with the elites because it's all rich people. And it's at the um, what's the name of this hotel in L.A.? I don't know. It's the, the Hyatt. No, it's you know Matt, your favorite hotel in L.A. You always yeah, go the to. one I stay it's to. The ho- it's in a tons of movies. It's in the it's the hotel that um, I just don't know Nick what it's of called. Time is yeah, shot in. I just don't know what it's called. Um, it's probably a La Quinta or something like that. Yeah. It's you'd a, you'd it's recognize a, it's it. It's a Days In on Mulholland or something. Probably I don't the second know. most I don't know anything about L.A. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, and, and this is just where we get the, this is the meat of the movie. This is what it's all about. It's all been adding up, building up to this one moment, and we right. know it. Clint Eastwood is, is, this is actually kind of a little bit like um, uh, the end of Silence of the Lambs, where he's, like, pretty far away from the action, yeah. and then he gets some information like eight miles away yeah. and while he, the shit's like happening. Gets in a cab yeah. and goes to the hotel. Oh, that guy's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> anything anything oh, for you, no, man. It's that guy. Yeah. 
and he finds out that he finds out that he's uh, and this is where you get these these surprisingly exciting scenes where Clint Eastwood keeps looking at like charts. Yeah, he yeah. can get seating charts and then looking at the thing and then back to seating charts and then yeah. back to the room he finally and, and figures like out zeroing who it is. in on where. Yeah, where and it then is. he raises his and, eyes and, and the music's really good and it's and it's just, I'm Morricone. going like man, that's it's, it's fucking Morricone. It's fucking yeah, Morricone. It's Morricone. It's I know. Yeah, it's so good. Absol- yeah, a great score. And uh, I mean, this shit's just gripping as hell. I didn't realize it was Morricone, but until the, until the end, when it when it credit came, I'm like, oh, that explains it. <laughs> it's the Bonaventure Hotel, uh, the Western Bonaventure. Okay, classic hotel. If, if you say so, I do say so. Well, I believe you, and I stand by it. I would I would stand by that information you'll with my die, life. You'll die I'll with die that. on this hill. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and rightly so. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna do it today. Thank God. And uh, and uh, as you might imagine. Uh, as this whole movie has implied, it's building up too. He, because they're constantly talking about, uh, do I have the guts to jump in front of the bullet when the time comes? Put lay down my life for some Indeed asshole. He does, which is fucking great. Yep, he's got a. It's an awesome shot. Clint Eastwood would never put the work in to get a shot this good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, Wolfgang Peterson's going. We're going to do another take of that, but we've already done two. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a tea time at three <laughs> fifteen. Today, Clint, I'm going to have to have you work until 6. Would you like to work until 6 o'clock, Clint Eastwood? <laughs> Thank God you Germans are efficient, you son of a bitch. Let me hear the music in it, Clint Eastwood. <laughs> Thank God he didn't direct this movie. It's so much better just because Clint Eastwood didn't direct it. I mean, I think it would have been a very different movie. I'm, I don't think it's the kind slack. of thing he would have been able to do. I mean, he could he did stuff like this in the in the 70s and early 80s, but I just yeah. don't think this is his thing. He's like, I'll, I'll be in it. It's fine. Uh I um I love the I love the big you know the final shot that's been parodied a million times, you know of him take like diving to catch the bullet. They even I mean they even Very did cool. it in the Simpsons for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then like then they have like the really great uh, the you know he takes Clint Eastwood hostage. In the yeah. elevator. Everybody, elevator. Everybody does a very bad job here where it's yes. just sort of like a guy has just taken a shot at the president. Where is yeah. everyone? We like, watch them somehow get the, there's nobody get the there. president out, but like everybody else is just standing yeah. around. Never, nobody's doing anything about the raving gunman who just grabs Clint Eastwood, who's, who's got a bulletproof vest on, but of course, you know, he's in a daze. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. and he drags him to one of these elevators. Um in, in the Bonaventure Hotel, the famous Bonaventure the, like, Hotel. Clear elevator, so people, they're like trying to get a shot at him. Like They the, do shoot the, out some of the windows yeah. first, yeah. This is one of those classic scenes, though, because they can hear him through his microphone. Yeah. He's oh, going love like, this. He's, uh, just because you're standing up above me three foot higher doesn't mean that you're going to win this, Booth. Oh, he, he calls himself Booth. He calls yeah. himself yeah. Booth, yeah. But his name As is you Mitch might Leary. Because John Wilkes Booth had panache. Yeah. Uh, and uh, <laughs> He does say that. He does. But yeah. he, and he's talking to Booth, but then he's really talking to the and snipers. this is something yeah. we also see in Air Force One later, too. Sort of, That's yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, yes, it's, a, yes. it's a shtick. But he does the thing where he's like, you know, just go ahead and shoot me. Just go ahead and shoot me. Because uh, what he's really saying is go, go ahead, ahead and shoot. shoot. And, like, telling the shoot snipers high. to shoot. And he goes, just do me one favor. Aim high. Yeah. And they're like, take the shot. Take the shot. And it doesn't really work. Like, he misses, but he gets the drop they do, on. They do a bad job. Yeah, they miss, yeah. but he gets the drop on John Malkovich. And they do the thing. Like, they repeat the bit from earlier where Malkovich was holding his arm and he was going to fall. Yeah. And he's like, give me your hand. If you don't, you'll die. And then he just lets himself go love and it. falls to the ground. Love it. Very cool. You can see the decelerator wire. I love when that happens. I redeemed your pathetic, shitty life. 
That's not yeah. very nice. <laughs> and it's kind of it's kind of interesting. Like he goes, like it kind of disappointed me at first, and then I was like, oh no, I kind of get it because he like falls, but it's not like the most spectacular fall in the world. He falls about mm, sixty feet. Mm-hmm. And then he lands on this glass thing, and you're like, he's going to go shattering through the glass and land on a fucking... And he just sort of lands on the glass thing. Yeah. No blood, no nothing. He just kind of goes... But then you get to see Clint Eastwood taking the elevator back down and, and getting this like shot of him just getting one last look at his face. And it's yeah. kind of like, pretty kind of good. effective. Pretty good stuff. I liked it. And then you get, and then eh, that's this is probably the moment they should go out on. But no, then they have no. to have him get we, together with Rene Russo. We're yeah. so tied up in this relationship. We really between, are. Who, for this by the couple. way, doesn't even have much of a character in this at all. She's no, not at all. It's pretty extraneous. It, which is interesting because of the comment earlier about you know he he was like oh you're just Secret Service you're here to just dress up and make everyone look good and it's like that's kind of what she's doing in the movie. I was thinking, watching this, that Dermot McMermit is pretty disposable as well. Yeah. And that this would have been way more interesting if they had basically had Rene Russo play his character and excise the romantic part of it and just made it be like he's got a lady partner and then she gets killed. Sure. Mm -hmm. That's what happens in the third Clint Eastwood movie, or Dirty Harry movie, The Enforcer. Oh. Um, and it works really well in that. I Although mean, that's a stupid movie. The, but ro- still. the romantic relationship between those two is weird and uh, not believable. And it is certainly sick nobody's and gross. It's sick and gross. <laughs> nobody's invested in it. And then at the end, it's like, don't worry. Don't worry, folks. They get together yeah. at the end. They're probably going to get married. Like, oh, good. Yuck. Great. I feel, like, they- I feel like Frank Horrigan fucks with his socks on. <laughs> Oh my God! Fucks, I'm right. You fucks, know I'm right. He just pulls his dick out through the hole in his pants. Oh, he fucks God. with his suit on. <laughs> I make love with my boots on. <laughs> but it's like, but the last line in the whole movie. Uh, uh, I fuck in this with my thriller, socks on. That was the, the last line of the they're movie. They're sitting in ba- the line of fire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they're sitting back in front of the the um, Lincoln Memorial. Their, their, spot. their spot. Good and job, Clint. And she's and That's she says it. something about pigeons, and she's like, "What do you know about that?" Or whatever. He goes, "I know things about pigeons, Lily." The end. <laughs> I know things about pigeons, Lily. Is the last line of the okay. movie. Okay. <laughs> Great. There's you so gone much out. left to know about Frank. <laughs> you could have just again. gone out on. <laughs> John Malkovich dying. It's, it's really strange. Um, but what are you gonna do? There's a part. There's a part <laughs> in it where where someone goes. Um, where I, I can't remember. Someone. I think maybe Rene Russo says something. Uh, or maybe that's too perfect. Somebody says like you're harassing me, or you're ha- stop harassing that person. And he goes, "I'm a harassing kind of guy," and that's uh-huh. true. It is true. He in fact sexually harasses Rene Russo. Absolutely insane. Yeah. Very weird. Uh, I'll be thinking about that when I'm pissing on your grave. Cool. Shouldn't have said cool. that to Rene Russo either. <laughs> <laughs> All these lines are true. This is Mermit 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 McDillon. Kermit McMermit. Kermit McFrogman. What's a what's what's a wet boy, Frank? <laughs> what's a wet I, boy, I like that Frank? line just by itself. But someone refers to uh, Mal- Malkovich because he did as wet a, work as a, as a wet, wet boy. boy. And, but then you just get a line of Mermit McMermit uh, looking up at Clint Eastwood like his son. What's a wet boy, Frank? <laughs> I'll tell you all about it, son. Uh, why did you kill that bird, asshole? Uh, uh, that's that's uh, actually that's John Malkovich when the when the two rednecks are yeah. like going like why did you whatever yeah uh, and then there's <laughs> a, there's actually like a kind of funny part in it where he's talking to Mermit McMermit and uh, and he goes stop this cockamamie shit yeah cock-a-mamie. that's a word that you kids don't use enough anymore cockamamie oh you gotta God. bring that whole back. thing about that yeah, you gotta like, bring that back that's kind of funny and I, I feel like Clint cute. Eastwood would use that word just in normal absolutely life, that was sure. probably improvised that's a bunch of balderdash and you know it yeah. <laughs> 
Emily, you nincompoop. <laughs> Gosh darn it, you're right. <laughs> Gosh darn it. Consarn it. <laughs> I think that's, yeah, that's all I got. Uh, ratings. I'm going to give this three and a half Judds. Okay. It's not really that good. But I found it like it's so eminently watchable. Very watchable. Like it's so it it pa- like it papers over every dumb, annoying, stupid thing, and also like all the all the dopey shit is actually fun in it. You yes, know? agreed. Um, like even his disgusting sexual harassment is like you gotta be kidding me. Yeah. You know, it's like amusingly bad, and so the movie is exciting enough that it papers over all of that dumb shit and sort of has the added bonus of you getting to have some fun at dad's expense. Absolutely, you know, <laughs> um, and it's very well directed. It's like very well cast, crisp, economical, like sturdy stuff. You know, I've I've seen this a bunch. I remember seeing this in the theater when it came out and really loving it. It was a big hit at the time. It was a real it was sensation. A big do you remember the Do you remember the trailer? That's not gonna happen. It, well, the trailer had like a crosshairs, and it yes. said 1963, and then the, the the six rotated all the way around to 1993. Oh fuck, that and is very cool. cool right? Just a few years, yes, and just a few years after um, JFK. JFK had came out in America. Had this was like JFK, JFK fever, assassination yeah. fever. Yeah, so that was very cool. Uh, so yeah, three and a half Judds. I'm gonna give this one and a half Douglases. For the excessive sexual harassment and just the general grossness of their their relationship, it's gross. Um, didn't care for that. Um, it's not sleazy; it's just yucky. Mm-hmm. It's like watching. Yeah. It's like watching View to a Kill era Roger Moore make out with like a thirty year old woman. <laughs> Duh. It's like, why are you trying to wrap your mouth around that dry? Can you imagine? Ham? I was just about to say, can you imagine how his skin feels? I bet it's kind of like pork cracklings or like a Slim Jim, <laughs> like a jerky, it definitely like jerky maybe texture. It, it tastes kind of like fried chicken or something. No, like it probably that. tastes like, no. like gin, like salty. Oh, it's all. Uh. I never lick <laughs> my lips, so it's yeah. salty down there. Oh god. All right. What do you think Clinty's would taste like? That gets an extra Douglas. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to give this, um, what am I going to give this? 10 out of 10 disguised as John Malkovich's. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly different Malkovich's. Yeah. John Malkovich disguised as Mas- John Malkovich. Master of looking like other John Malkovich's. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Hilarious. Um I'm going to also give it three and a half. I mean, it's just like, like middle, right middle of the road. Wolfgang Peterson, I don't know if he was like a master necessarily, although Das Boot is very good, but like all three of these movies, he is doing perfectly fine with the material that he's given. Like he makes them move. He's, there's highlights in all of them. There, there, he, he's, he had the knack for this stuff, and that's why he was making one hit movie after another at the time. It's, it's not a fluke. Um, and that and, and that ending sequence, like a solid like ten minutes of just really solid suspense action. Uh, with a great climax, it's just really fun. Where you're kind of going like, "Meh, this movie is fine, whatever." And then this this uh, climax happens, and you're like, "Yeah, oh shit, fuck!" <laughs> it really gets you. It's great. Uh, I'll just give it one, Douglas, for the gross May December romance for the course. salt. <laughs> but it's like, but face. it's but it's like May of one year, December like three years ago. It's like not the <laughs> yeah, same not year, even the same year. <laughs> like, He's so old. <laughs> So fucking old. Uh, they didn't have fire yet when he was born. <laughs> Not until he started fucking girls. Hell yeah. Good job. I don't know. That was good. No, that was a good one. I like that one. Fucking girls. Keep, so keep them coming. Keep them coming. Um, hot. And then keep I'm going to give it, Get it. Um, 10 out of 10 drunken piano songs. Because at one point, because he plays piano throughout the whole movie. Clint Eastwood loves to get his piano playing yep, in there. He's a white heterosexual piano player over the age of 50. 
And at one point, he's been he's sad. He's sad because of events, possibly after Mermit McMermit has been killed, and he's like at, at his piano again, and he's drunk, and it's like. Oh man, I must be <laughs> fucked up because I can't play the piano good like I usually do. That's how I know I'm fucked up. Said too many Jack Daniels. <laughs> yep, Jack Daniel. Okay, me. Yeah, your turn. Okay, I'm gonna give it three Juds. Um, I I liked it, it was a sturdy, formulaic kind of very well paced uh, movie, very watchable. John Malkovich killed it, made it really entertaining. Um, so solid three. I'm going to give it one Douglas just for, yeah, the general just shuddering grossness of Clint Eastwood trying to flirt, yeah. flirt with people like decades and decades younger. <laughs> um, thank goodness we didn't like see sex, though. And the movie <laughs> thinking there's nothing yeah, yeah. odd about I this I don't at know. All. And then I'm going to give it one terrifying heap of spaghetti. Nice. It's a big plate of spaghetti. <laughs> nice job. Yeah. It's like a big it's a lot. It's just it's just it's a two and a half insane. person serving don't of spaghetti. Fucking, don't yeah. do it. Don't do it. I mean I love <laughs> And I, I garlic mean, bread. I love spaghetti and I would love to eat a heaping plate of don't get me wrong, but it's gonna make you look like a crazy person, especially if you are trying to take a stand. It's like if you're eating spaghetti and taking a stand for something at the same time, right. it makes you come off. Very villainous. A little crazy. Yeah. Frank, I'm going to kill the president for what he's done to me and what this country has become. <laughs> and like at the same time, you you have to imagine him, he made that spaghetti. Oh, he made that spaghetti. So it's yeah, like he's they're, in his apartment. They're, they're, yeah, exactly. Could be out of a can. I make my own sauce, Frank. Just a huge fucking can? Yeah, they make them. The secret to my recipe is beef bouillon, What do you think they Frank? served you at, in elementary school? Do you think that came out of like a bunch of little cans? They didn't wow. make that. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like tiny chef boyardees. Yeah, like, don't. Glop. Don't. <laughs> into a giant pot like a vat. The fact. <laughs> Farm uh, to table, baby. Well, that was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. Next is a movie that I didn't think was that much fun, but I think I'm going to be overruled on this one. 1995 outbreak in a remote African jungle. A small monkey is captured, bound for a pet store in America. The animal carries a deadly virus. <laughs> Now, I know that some of us have doubts about what we're about to do. We'd be less than human if we didn't. But the fate of the nation, perhaps the world, is in our hands. We cannot, we dare not refuse this burden. I'm confident that each of you will do his duty. God forgive us. Your town is being quarantined. We got 19 dead. You got 100 more infected. It's spreading like a brush fire. What are you talking about? If one of them's got it, then 10 of them have got it now. And if one of them gets out of Cedar Creek, we have a very interesting problem. If that bug gets out of there, 260 million Americans will be dead or dying. Starring <laughs> Dustin Hoffman, one of my most least favorite actors. This is this Rene Russo, one of my least favorite actors. Kevin, Kevin Spacey, Spacey, one of my least favorite actors. <laughs> and Marcel the Monkey from Friends, no. my favorite actor of all time. <laughs> there's a there's a fourth one who's another uh, yet another famous actor who I am Donald Sutherland. No, I'm Morgan Freeman. Like. 
Morgan Freeman Margin? and Dylan Sutherland are giving us Mar- a, a uh, Marvin Freeman and Morgan Dempsey? Freeman are giving us a respite. Patrick from, from Dempsey, the crab. Cuba Gooding Jr. Oh, is, Cuba, who is also a pretty mediocre. I mean, maybe he's good in some things, but has not had exactly oh, the most Cuba. sterling career of all time. I um, this is this is a real murderer's row of actors that I do not care for. This, this is like a movie that, like on paper, I think works. When I'm watching it, I'm not like bored, but it sucks. I think I think it's safe to say that this is a movie that sucks that I've enjoyed. Yeah, I like this movie. Yeah, yeah. good. <laughs> I thought it was. I we thought need, it was fun. We need your advocacy to balance out my. I don't stupid, know how my stupid cynicism. I don't know how much I can defend this movie. Right. Um, but I really was into watching this. It's a Some, fun watch. Sometimes it's a thing really like fun. this can absolutely hit the spot. Also, yeah. I'm I I am from the the way of thinking that if I really enjoy something, I'm gonna say it's good. That's kind of yeah. that's kind of my thing. Um, and if a movie is bad technically, it's not gonna make me not think it's good sure. for myself. I didn't find it very enjoyable. Interesting. I, I actually kind of had a ball, even though it was, you're constantly going like this movie fucking sucks. Yeah. But it's also I think Wolfgang is is a brisk director and he yeah and he and it's like an incredibly stupid movie. I but didn't I get like like bef- like unlike the Line of Fire, I didn't think that the the narrative was exciting enough to paper over me being bored by like the actors and their terrible decisions, the characters Hoffman. and Dustin Hoffman fucking so bad in this movie. As uh, Dustin Hoffman in a hero role, Mm-mm-mm. especially no, a hero no, no, where no, no, you're no, supposed no. to find him like attractive <laughs> and like. Yeah. So I was talking. He's just like an. He's just like a, a straight up movie hero in this. Yeah. Like, no. I was talking to Travis in the car earlier, and I like weirdly confidently said that Dustin Hoffman was more charismatic than Clint Eastwood, and then I was like, <laughs> I don't know if that. But it's like they both are not. But but which one is They're more charismatic? I, I, I feel like Clint Eastwood is light years more charismatic than Dustin Hoffman. I feel but like in I'm not as movies, out by Dustin Hoffman. That's fair. I think Dustin Hoffman is absolutely disgusting and creepy. But we also well, yeah, we also in the car he, discussed he how te- technically Dustin Hoffman is the creepier of the two yeah, in real life. Totally, yes. he's the one who has a record as being a sex pest and a general asshole slash creep. Yeah. Whereas Clint Eastwood's assholeness is pretty much on the surface. We've got as, we've got as, right. as, as presented Hoffman, Spacey, Cuba Gooding Jr. All. Notably accused of some kind of misconduct. Oh, I didn't hear about the Cooper yeah, Jr. thing. Let's go look it up. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised. Um, I'm and, not surprised anybody. Oh, also Morgan Freeman. <laughs> and Morgan Freeman, yes, uh, likes the young women's. Uh-huh. And um, I'm sure Donald Sutherland's gotten himself into I'm some sure. shit. I'm sure. Look at him. But and, we don't know uh, what that's about. And <laughs> we do not know what that's about. And last but not least, we know Marcel the monkey is a sex pest. Marcel the monkey is an absolute (laughs) fucking creep. You can tell. You know he harassed Jennifer Aniston on the set of Friends. Jennifer Aniston got him fired, but he knew that that he was friends with one of the producers, and he brought him back. No, Jennifer Jennifer Aniston tried to get him fired, but he had way too much clout. So I heard that he was technically fired for like a day, but then the producer like stepped in. And he was also, I mean, you also have to give Marcel a little bit of damage because he was Ross's monkey, and Ross was the worst friend. I think Clearly, we can right? all agree. Uh, actually, Joey. There's... No, Joey no, was no, nice. No, 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 no. I haven't really watched Friends. That. I'm just based solely well, on Friends. I assumed of, like, that you were familiar there, with Friends. There's been a re- I'm, I'm familiar with Friends. I just assumed that you watched it. There's been a retro. Um, this, is me, this is me just making assumptions about you. <laughs> I think in the in the modern milieu that Matthew Perry would be considered the worst friend. No, they he's all got a seem lot like of, shitty friends. No, the Phoebe, worst, Phoebe the wor- is the best, right? The worst friend is Ross. The best friend is Phoebe. It's indisputable. I think we all agree that Phoebe's the best friend. I, I don't know who And we'll see you next time. I Once always like Jennifer Aniston, yeah. too. No, no, Rachel sucks, too. Monica's terrible. No, Rachel. Monica. No, Monica's terrible. Monica and Chandler deserve each other. Nah. No, the only, good, the only good friends are Joey and Phoebe. Nah. 
Yeah, so Joey's enough. good then, okay. Yeah. I mean, I used to watch this. Used to just like be on sometimes, yeah. and I would just like watch every now and then. But I never like. I was I was it. like a teenager during its heyday of popularity. I watched every episode of Friends when wow. it aired. Anyway, outbreak. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of outbreaks, we were gonna have to talk about Friends. Marcel the monkey's in this. Yeah. Come yeah, on, that's true. What did you expect? This movie. This movie starts and it's okay. So it's about like sort of a fake version of an Ebola outbreak based on the book The Hot Zone. The hot zone. I would also there like were to competing be... adaptations of that story. There was all Ridley Scott was gonna make a movie with Jodie Foster and Robert Redford Ooh. called Crisis in the Hot Zone. Was in development forever. Never ended up getting made. Hmm. And they were kind of competing with Outbreak. Outbreak beat them. They just ended up not making the other one. Yeah, I this think book, I think Crisis in the Hot Zone. Ended up stuff. actually being turned into a TV series about four or five years ago. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, I, so just, I did want to point out with a little bit of smugness that we had so many so many years to talk about this during the whole COVID outbreak yeah. when everybody was watching this movie again, and we waited for COVID to be completely over. Yeah, which fine. it is. We did it, guys. We did it. To we get, did to it. get beat, to it. We beat COVID. We can we can cover this movie with a clear head yeah. and with uh, with history behind us, so we can make an yeah. honest appraisal of this. So we're good. We're very good. It starts in a village in Africa. Yeah, this, there's it gets started on a pretty hysterical note. You yeah. got to you got to give it to it. And uh, they they there is an outbreak of a virulent hemorrhagic fever, much like what we would call Ebola today. And Mr. Uh, Motaba. Yes. And the Motaba virus. Motaba virus. Yeah. And um, basically turns all your insides into into goo. Goopy. You start, it's you ultra bleeding out all your holes. Gross. It's super Ebola. It's very. It's <laughs> it's very cool, is what I was going to say. But it is pretty cool in real movie. life. No, it's not cool. But yes, in fake life, I like seeing shit like that happen <laughs> on screen. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> in uh, in the in lieu of this movie coming out, this this made this made Ebola a buzzword. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, when and this so like when an <laughs> outbreak would happen in, in Africa of Ebola, people would think of the movie version of Ebola. Well, this came out as an Ebola outbreak was happening in Zaire. Yeah. yeah. But this movie is a, is a like sensationalized movie oh, yeah, version yes, of, of course, Ebola, of where it li- like everybody's insides get liquefied within minutes of catching it, yeah, and all this sort of stuff. Whereas I think that there actually is a survival rate of like fifty eight percent with Ebola. Or yeah, whatever. but in this case, this it's one, like a survival rate of zero. Zero. Like and it kills you. It liquefies your innards. You have twenty four yeah, hours. Yeah, the disease spreads and multiplies like within like twelve. Yeah, within like twelve or twenty four yeah. hours, then no one survives it. Yeah, they do. The, they do a timetable at a certain point. The classic movie timetable. The, the map of the United States. Oh, with like yeah. it slowly blocks. Out you remember how in the thing? That's a pretty bad uh, situation with the thing, and they're yeah. like, "Oh no, the this, they're going to get the whole world in like six weeks, yeah. seven weeks, whatever it is." This is and like, this like one, everyone's like dead in tomorrow. Forty-eight, 48 hours. hours. The president's the like not country. even back in the country yet, or something. Yeah. The whole country will be dead in forty-eight hours. Oh yeah. my god. Um, and anyway, so in in this particular situation, and that's sort of like a, a sort of a prequel to the rest of the movie. Yeah, a little flashback, mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah, it's like a flashback. The the CIA comes in. Well, they they have a big helicopter carrying this. Big big thing and they're like here comes the the first aid here comes all the help and no it's a fuel air bomb <laughs> which is basically a non-nuclear explosive that a non-nuke has, nuke it has the explosive capacity of a small nuclear weapon yes. and they just wipe it out yeah the way it works by the way is it sucks all the air out of the area out of the like the blast radius and then just uses that as fuel just like mad lynch <laughs> yeah exactly no Damn. i suck all the energy and charisma i'm like i'm like what's his name on fucking uh, what we do in the shadows yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> colin something colin robinson yeah yes. colin robinson absolutely uh, but that, but you got to you got to hand it to it. That's a hell of a way to begin a movie. It's pretty cool, yeah. It's <laughs> like, cool. shit. 
cut to the present day, and we're dealing with uh, Dustin Hoffman is breaking <coughs> up with his w- exactly oh, bad no. breaking up with his wife Renee Russo, and they are both viral virologist doctors for the CDC. Yeah, he's bathing his two huge dogs. Yes, yeah, he he's talking his- to them a lot. Yeah. This is so. This is I so you like dog him? all the time. Yeah, I, I know, dog. but there's something Travis. about some, something about J- Dustin Hoffman talking to these dogs. I mean, I just don't like him, especially when, <laughs> well, he's, when he's supposed to play. I've, I'm sure I've enjoyed him and stuff, but when he's just like, "I'm the hero of the movie. I'm a hero. Uh, I'm, I'm the hero. good guy. I, you're I'm rooting the hero for of me. this movie. I'm the hero of this movie. I'm insisting on it. I'm, I'm the hero like, of this movie. No, 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 no. Dogs that as he's watching them. I'm married to Renee Russo. I'm like, no, you're not. Nope. Absolutely not. Um, Start to finish. Don't believe. Don't believe a second gonna, of it. I want to get this out of the way before I forget to do it later. But mm-hmm. as I was watching this, I was watching this with Jill, and she pointed out to me. And once she pointed out to me, you can't unsee it. The characters constantly say each other's names in the dialogue. All oh, I didn't the notice time. that. All the time, especially when it's like Donald Sutherland, Morgan Freeman, and Dustin Hoffman. It's like. Billy, yes, Steve, yes, Sam. Like constantly, they're <laughs> yes, saying each other's Sam. names. There's a part, and then there's a, <laughs> what if we did that on the podcast? It goes, it goes on. Like seriously, once she pointed it out to me, it was like it's like every third sentence they're saying each other's names in conversation. Gotta remind you, and that's then, the viewer. But the best part of this little anecdote, though, is that uh, is that late in the movie, when Renee Russo gets like she gets infected and they have to save her, she's on like she's in the hospital and Kevin Spacey's talking to her. And she's like, where's Sam? Dustin Hoffman's character. And Jill goes, wait, who's Sam? (laughs) 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 That's good. Anyhow... Uh, but there's like earlier on, they're they're back. This is now modern times because that was 30 years ago or whatever. Right. With and uh, back yeah, they're, they're back in Africa again, and they found the disease has busted out again. And uh, and Cuba and Dustin Hoffman are in hazmat suits checking out the the scene. And this is uh, this is really funny stuff to me. Um, uh, this reminds me of that movie uh, Resurrection that we the, the Christopher oh, Lambert yeah. movie where like he's like Cuba Gooding Jr. is like a soldier and he's like yes sir no sir he's like a real straight laced soldier Fresh who face, has to ready to go end yeah. up going he, he needs to, to be shown the money he has to be shown the money but he has to also brush up against uh, his his tendency to be like a just a falling in line soldier that's yeah, his yeah. arc he's yeah, like yeah. stepping out of the chain of command to do the right he's thing think outside the box but anyways he's just like immediately like wildly incompetent because they show up at this place and there's people dying of disease and he like opens up this like <laughs> this this uh, curtain and it's just a person they, they don't no, it's really a little girl like it's a little sitting girl, on the, the little girl's still alive and yeah, she's, and she's sick, sitting and on her like body. mom's dead body and cool. the little girl's just like gooping but they don't she's uh, gooping I, she be gooping she's like, gooping. like, like Gwyneth Paltrow and they don't uh, but they don't <laughs> Thanks, they don't do it up that much because they just it's just like blood coming out of your eyes blood coming out of your nose yeah. little blood coming out of your mouth that's as far as it's not that gruesome not yet uh, and he opens this up this is a soldier in the army he's like and he just starts vomiting inside his hazmat suit and so he's immediately trying to peel off his mask so he could vomit (laughs) even though as far as they know it's an error but they're not sure they don't know it's not airborne he does tear off his he does tear off his his, he's just you can't fuck up worse than this it's so bad uh, and that, that's what happens in Resurrection a couple times where there's like murder scenes that are so brutal and then these cops come in and they're like, oh my God. <laughs> you kind of have to get used to this, Everyone buddy. Everyone freaks out and then a guy, like the one surviving guy in the village comes in and he's like, it's not airborne. And then... It's going to be fine. It's yeah. fine. And then and then it's fine. And then they and then they fly back to America and Dustin Hoffman, much like uh, Clint Eastwood, is a, is a loose cannon who's yeah. often running afoul of his authority figures. 
Which uh, are Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Whose, whose immediate superior appears to be Donald Sutherland. Yes. yes. And Morgan Freeman is... And who's who? Morgan Freeman is good slash evil, and and uh, and but like, uh, what are their what are their positions? Like, what's Donald Sutherland's? Donald deal? Sutherland's highest ranking. He's like a White House guy. He's like a White House guy. He's highest ranking. Morgan Freeman's also very high ranking, but 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 Donald he's Sutherland's boss. Yeah. yeah. And more and Morgan Freeman is like, I got to do my my job, even if it's bad. Yeah. And uh, and Donald uh, Sutherland, Donald Sutherland is, is like, I'm to gonna make you, I'm gonna make you do the bad things. Yeah, because like it turns out that the CIA does have like a cure for the Motaba virus. Yes, because uh, they've been they basically like helped start the outbreak back in the sixties. Yeah, and, they beca- make and a because weapon. of that, yeah. because of that bombing in Motaba in sixty seven or with, was it the place called Motaba or was that the virus name? The yeah. the virus I don't remember if they're the they virus might name the same. Motaba. <laughs> might be the same, but yeah, they covered it up because they didn't want obviously they didn't want it, yeah. people to know that they nuked a fucking village because they couldn't contain a virus, but they do have that they created that they created for to be a weapon, a biological yeah, yeah. weapon, just like uh, what's the company in Alien? Just like AIDS. Just like, Just like AIDS. AIDS, thank you. No, uh, Wayland Utani. Wayland the Utani. Name. They're the Wayland Utani in this movie. Um, meanwhile, while this is happening, uh, <laughs> there's a, a transportation of a monkey, a, like a black market transportation of this monkey that was in uh, Motaba. Mm-hmm. And we have what's I immediately forget McSweeney. his name. McSweeney. Patrick McDreamy. Dempsey. Um, Jimbo, I believe his name his is. His name is Jimbo. <laughs> so that you get like scenes where she, because he gets the the virus first, and then he passes it to his uh, his, girlfriend. his girlfriend, and she's like, <gasps> Jimbo. <laughs> so he's getting this monkey because he's going to be selling it to uh, like a, a, a pet store, a pet store that pet shop boy that's dealing an illegal What's animal. <laughs> What's a pet boy? And so he gets this monkey. The monkey, everything goes fine. He delivers the monkey to the pet store, and then the monkey, I believe, spits water out into some guy's <laughs> mouth. <laughs> it spits into his face. It spits into the his monkey face, is and then the scratches the other guy. It scratches yeah. the pet store owner, and the, the owner is like, I don't want this monkey. Get this monkey out of here. And he just releases it into the wild. But the monkey, yeah, but the monkey is, in the, is in a cage in the backseat of Patrick Dempsey's car, McSweeney's, and uh, and it just and he like, hey, how you doing back there? And it spits in his face. Yeah. Yeah, He's so like a see, spitting monkey. We see all these things. We're like, okay, so the monkey spit in his face. Then we also see the monkey scratch the scratch guy at the pet, pet store. Yeah. And the guy at the pet shop was like, I don't want this monkey because it's a because it's a woman. Just kidding. This I don't want the monkey, monkey because he wanted, he wanted a male. Peterson. Yeah, he wanted a male monkey. And so in a really sad scene, <laughs> really weirdly sad scene, Jimbo releases the monkey girl into the wild, which is like just like a forest in the it's summer. Totally, like, or it's totally like the scene in AI yes. where she drops him off in the woods. <laughs> Run along. And Run then along, she, like, Haley Joel. And she like tries to go back into the cage yeah. because she's like, well, you're my, Jimbo, you're my buddy. And then he's like, go on, you know, go on, get like, now, yeah, I don't love you. Never dead. He tearfully and is saying goodbye to this monkey that just spit in his it's face. It's just like, like the scene at the end before. of Harry and the Hendersons when John Lithgow is like, <laughs> "Get the fuck out of here! We hate you, Harry. We don't love you at all. Go back to your it's Bigfoot just like family." That. And then, so this monkey just goes and is roaming around. It's not even. They're not like in the jungle or anything. It's just it's like the woods. It's just it's literally. Ca- it's northern it's California. Like, it's like it's my, probably next to a golf course. It's literally like my house in Linwood's right next to this park that has a lot of trees. Yes. It's like that. It's like that vibe. Um, uh, and then he goes and he has to f- fly back to go meet his girlfriend when he gets off the plane. He's feeling like shit. He's, oh, also on the plane, 
he has this half-eaten cookie. This he's is great. Really yeah, this yeah, is yeah. a great fucking scene because a half-eaten cookie is sitting on his tray and he's just like sweating. He's clearly like, about to die. He's like, and this little kid comes over and is, is like, is tries the kid wearing like a little cowboy hat? Yeah, <laughs> or like a sheriff. Yeah, yeah. and then he and goes, then he, "I don't want you to string me up, cowboy. You yeah. can have my cookie or some shit like that." Yeah, but and so we're like, "Oh, great! This kid's gonna eat this cookie and then he's gonna get it." But then the mom ends up being like, "No, don't take the cookie. Don't take the cookie." And from it, that doesn't, gross no, it doesn't happen. Yeah. So the kid doesn't die yay. yay but it, i mean it's on the plane no one's wearing masks you know you know, you know what i missed in this and it's something that happens in the soderbergh contagion because soderbergh oh, I kept thinking about soderbergh that obviously of course we all did and like but soderbergh has like a different sense of humor it's so like one of the things i loved in contagion is like like a guy will be on the on the bus and there'll just be a shot of him like touching a rail on the bus and then like cut to he's dead yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> shit like dead. that was fucking killing me watching that movie yeah he does yeah there's not that kind of uh, glibness to it cuz so you'll mm-hmm. see people being fully sick every time yeah this is a bit more this is a bit more self serious like melodramatic kind of thing there's yeah. a really awesome shot though where where Dempsey has arrived he he, he arrives his his hippie girlfriend like picks up Jimbo and he's like fully like yeah. his he's organs like, are now, his organs are liquefying his, at, his, at this moment. Like they're coming out of his butt and as, they do this as in, he walks. They do but. this incredible shot where they've got the camera on a track like zo- and it's zoomed way in and it's yeah. spinning around him so everything's blurry and the camera's spinning and it really is like, you you look at it and kind of go like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it gives you the sensation of, of when you're being, dis- like when you have a flu or it, something. Yeah, it's, it totally feels it's like a your, really cool your guts shot. are liquid. That, fever, yeah. that feverish feeling, which is like already the airport's chaotic enough and then with how feeling like that. Yeah. Like is that what out. COVID felt like? No, I still haven't gotten it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was, still I was just it. tired and achy all the time, and yeah. then uh, tummy ache. Mm, tummy ache, and really? And then some headache too. Oh, tummy ache. That's the worst. Nobody wants a tummy ache. I hate tummy aches. Matt and I are eighteen percenters. Yeah, it's true. Jeez. I know. I know a lot of people haven't got it. Yet. Maybe I we have. Maybe we're immune to Captain Trips. You Kevin, Kevin have doesn't have it. Never had it either. I thought Kevin got it. I don't think he did. I don't think he did. No. Sophie hasn't gotten it either, right? No. Uh, I haven't got it. My girlfriend's gotten it. Only the hot, coolest people get it, so. Oh, god damn it. I want it. What the fuck? I want it now. What are you implying? That I'm hot and cool. Yeah, what gives? I don't uh, care for this. I'm getting another beer. <laughs> but you don't want to get. But you definitely don't want to get Mr. Motombo, uh, the virus, because it's uh, it's extra gross and it makes you shit out your innards. Uh, imagine the feeling, if you will, of all okay. of your insides okay. just slowly burning up. And then turning into mashed potatoes inside of your body. Delicious. But you can kind of hear it bubbling. You could hear it bubbling Is it within the hearing you. It, the hearing it that's the worst part? Yeah, I think that's one Ooh, of the worst parts. Is that my innards? Is that my innards bubbling like mashed potatoes? <laughs> that's what it, it sounds pretty it goofy. Sounds like. <laughs> it sounds like it's pretty a pretty goofy disease. And to then you like if there's something in my throat and you cough and cough and cough and then you start pulling out your intestine like through <laughs> like one of oh, those magicians' fuck. tricks. Yeah, like, where they're it, pulling that and thing. then it turns into a colorful scarf. Yeah. <laughs> like wait a minute. And this a happens. dove just flies out of your mouth. <laughs> it's it's called magician's disease. That sounds awful, <laughs> terrible. And then you get cut in half. But yeah. you actually aren't cut in but half. You are, it but it feels it constantly it, feels like it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I was cut in half, but not really. <laughs> but then you find out I wasn't. I was fine. Magician's disease. <laughs> magician's disease. You don't want it. There's no cure. We just did a classic bit without you, Matt. Sorry. Sorry. You missed out on it. Sorry, and it's over sorry. now. <laughs> what was it about? No classic bit for you. It was about magician's disease. You'll have to listen later. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. I never, go, I, I, I never get to be surprised by the comedy on this show. <laughs> yeah, that one's, okay, one's going to take we, us viral. Where are finally. we at? That one's going to finally. That one's going to launch us into the stratosphere. Mm. About time. The matosphere. 
Oh, well, <laughs> hello. <laughs> well, well, well. Is We're that the all... name of your like Y2K album? <laughs> <laughs> Prague album. Yeah, I cover a bunch of Sublime songs. You're like, like in EDM one of those style. You're like in one of those rotating rooms that they did in those music videos back then. I'm in the Jamiroquai conveyor yes, that's belt what room. I'm yeah. That's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> this is virtual insanity. It, 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 the, well, absolutely yeah. it is. <laughs> Uh, anywho, so the disease is uh, taking over, and uh, and basically the thrust, the like when the movie, when the actual plot of the movie finally forms, because uh, Patrick Dempsey comes back to, and this is actually like the, what happens in Arachnophobia, oh yeah, where the guy gets the the um, bad thing and takes it back to him to a small town, in wherever, and this place is called Cedar Creek, and it's uh, shot shot in a number of, of small towns in Northern California. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and at a certain point, they everybody starts getting sick. There's a movie. Th- this is the kind of uh, probably oh, the most yeah. memorable scene in the movie. I yes. think for people who saw it when it came out, is the movie theater scene where some guy is. Does he cough? This is or fucked sneeze? up. He coughs, and you see the little like, spray grossness. You yeah. see like the little disease particles traveling the and water getting molecules. and getting in people's mouths that are laughing and everything yeah. like that. And it's like, oh god. And this is the stuff that's extremely relatable uh, of having lived. Like a lot of this movie is absolutely not what happened in COVID. But this is this is one where you're kind of like, yeah, where there's a guy who's in the fucking theater just going. <laughs> <laughs> he's just sick as a dog, yeah. and he went to the goddamn movies, and everybody gets sick. And at a certain point, he stumbles out to the concession stand, and just like his liquefies all over the place. Yeah, you see the you see the, the dropsel the yeah. droplets. Oh, that, that's the scene in the hospital where the droplets go up into the sh- they die hard into the shaft. Oh, into that. Yeah, yeah, into yeah. The, yeah. That's in the hospital. Air ducts and stuff. But this movie th- this movie theater is part is was what spreads it all, and this turned out to be true to life. Because there was all these super spreader events uh, with COVID, so that is accurate. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like how they show. This is earlier, but I did like how they show the the disease center. Is that what that's called? I don't know. Sure. But it like it goes from room to room, and it's like phase one, and it like says like uh, the common cold, blah blah blah, and it's people like studying them, and it's like phase two, and then it's it just kind of goes more and more extreme. Right. And yeah. it's phase three. But and then, then it was like the Avengers are there. <laughs> yeah. And then oh, I was no. like, is this realistic though? Because all the rooms are like pretty close together, and people are just kind of walking in and out. And I'm like. Oh. It's if you want to get it's a, a water. It's Ebola and like a common cold. The r- the rooms like across the hall. <laughs> if you want a water, you gotta you gotta put them all close together. Yeah, because they true. do a water. Because they every, do, and I like that. Every once in a while, Wolfgang Peterson will be like, "I'm Wolfgang Peterson. I want to do one shot. I made my bones by doing amazing stuff. I that's, sometimes that I can that's still do it." That does submarine. <laughs> I'm gonna like look up interviews with. Why does him he talk like, sound exactly like, like Doctor Nick now? He's like, "Hi everybody, it's Buenos me, Wolfgang no- Peterson. <laughs> Buenos noches, mein Führer." <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. That's Animals will be bred and slaughtered. That's fucking funny. It's a nuisance for. Das ist nicht ein Booby. Well, there's our Hitler Anyhow. comparisons. It was inevitable. All right. Um, <laughs> so the whole town uh, has to has to be cordoned off. Um, put 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 under uh, quarantine. Quarantine. Thank you. Really should have been a word that was closer to the top of my brain. After the last three years. Uh, and and there's a very an oddly. This is another one of the par- parts of the movie that you, I never would have guessed would have become oddly satisfying. So the whole town's under quarantine. This is the the worst disease that's ever existed yeah. in the history of mankind. It's unrealistically bad, as we've discussed. It makes you so <laughs> it makes you shit your so organs out after 24 so hours. So quick. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So quick. And then throughout all this. Dustin Hoffman's like trying to convince Morgan Freeman to 
take steps to basically right. stop the spread or whatever, and it keeps getting do put more back research. and put back, put and, back. Yeah. No, no, I've been directed. I have to do my job, and my job is to be as evil as possible and handle this in the worst way possible. And we know, and we know this is because they are trying to cover their own ass because they don't want it to get out that this was also something that happened in, six, yeah. in 67. But there's a fucking great scene in this movie. The best part of the movie, one might argue, that is very... Um, that hits real hard now, where this town's been put under quarantine. Like half the most of the people in this town are sick. They're putting white flags up if they have to be sick. Yeah, yeah. It's a fucking total disaster. They need to be quarantined. This is very necessary. And these rednecks yeah, yeah. get in there. Oh, like, yeah. We're oh, getting yeah. out of here. We're gonna take the disease with us that we almost certainly have and get out of here. Cause fuck this stupid government and their dumb quarantine. And then like a helicopter like pulls down in front of them and they're like, uh oh. oh. And then uh, and they keep driving, and the helicopter just fucking mows the <laughs> mows yeah. the rednecks down, and you're like, yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah, yes. I don't believe it was intended to be like a yay moment when it when, yeah, you're when like, it came good. out. But I think now, at yeah. the time it was supposed to be like, oh shit, this could, this is fucking serious business, and you watch it now, and you're like, fucking mow those rednecks down, yeah, fuck yes, them. fuck and those then, assholes. And then Kevin Spacey gets sick. Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey gets- is is Dustin Hoffman's like best buddy, and they yeah. have a lot of extremely unrealistic friend banter between the two of them. Right. Kevin Spacey famously can't um, act. I think he's good at playing <laughs> certain kinds of creeps. Human, decent human being. Anytime he's supposed to be a human being, just a regular person, he's you're an like, alien. Absolutely, he's not. an he's alien. alien. Yeah. Absolutely Earlier, not. um, he he saw a tiny little like hole in Dustin Hoffman's suit, and so he like patches it up with uh, with, tape, with yeah. tape with duct tape, and then later he is working with the virus, and he moves, and he gets. The back of his suit gets like rips ripped right out. So it's like if you're fucking okay, hear me. First out. of all, get better suits. Yeah, exactly. If you were working with these kind of viruses and these kind of diseases and this like government whatever, like why the fuck are you wearing such easily terrible S- rubber hazmat made of, suits? They're made out of rice paper. Like what the yeah. hell is going on? This is like it's, it looked so easy to just tear yeah, the yeah. suits, and it's a and you're working in like the the phase sixteen worst virus center. Like there's a certain aspect of this movie I that wish is that was what it was called. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Phase 16 worst virus center. Worst vi- oh no, that's the worst like, virus like center. The that's like serious. Yeah, I can see the font. <laughs> Phase 16 worst virus center. And you're wearing like literally like dishwashing rubber gloves look like they are more sturdy than these hazmat yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. It, it is it is a virus movie but it's also a final destination movie cuz constantly right. like, just human incompetence is endangering everybody. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. just the, the sh- just like the, sh- no, the shittiness is, of fate. It also is a final destination movie because as you're watching you see all these different things going wrong and you're like which yeah. one which Chain one's going to be the one that is going to actually do it and there's the fake outs yep. kind of like in the scene in Final Destination um don't remember which one I believe it's two where he's in the kitchen and he like drops his ring down the garbage uh-huh. disposal yeah, yeah, and then yeah. the, the toast right. catches fire and then he j- falls out the window and then the ladder comes and then it's like which one is gonna you fucking know kill him? somehow he's gonna die i really yeah. don't know the one in final destination two that's the best is the kid goes to the dentist oh yeah and then he chases the pigeons he, and he finally gets all the way out of the dentist's office mm-hmm. and you're like oh my god and then the plate glass pancakes him. he's like pigeons yeah <laughs> so perfect good. those movies fucking rule i yeah. fucking love those movies <laughs> maybe the best horror franchise I think so good something we said, yeah, there's okay. only one of them that's not great. Yeah, the uh, first one, I didn't really like I the think first it was one. The third, I can't remember. Who cares? I find who, some, who cares? I find something to love in all of them. Yeah, there you oh, go. You're so good. <sighs> you're so good. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Um, 
then Kevin Spacey gets sick though. He's because his thing, his suit rips. He so tries he, to keep it under wraps for a while. For a little while. There's, he does the he does the I got bit by a zombie thing, <laughs> and he's like, No, I didn't get bit by the zombie. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, he which really is hard does. to do with a disease that literally like liquefies your insides and yeah. like makes you sweat buckets and then bleed but out he, like, your fucking. He passes eyeballs. out within like an hour. You know, he's just like, Ugh. and this is, and this shit's unfathomable too. Like he is a doctor. We know that he's a serious person, and then but he's still just like, well, yeah. no, I'm fine. When he, Nothing happened to me. When like, he passes out, you. too, he, he totally does, like, uh, I'm going to fall over acting like Peter Graves in Airplane. Just like, like such a, <laughs> such he's, a just, he's like, bleh, bleh, bleh. I honestly think Rene Russo is the best of all this. <laughs> that guys. might be true. I, I think Morgan like... Freeman emerges unscathed in this. No, I, I, like Morgan Freeman and uh, Jimbo. Uh, Jimbo, yeah. Patrick Dempsey does Patrick fine. Dempsey does great. Marcel. Mar- Donald Sutherland and Morgan Freeman, anytime they're in it, you're like, all right, here we are. Some, At least this is the movie I'm here to see. Yeah. Yes. Like, Dustin Hoffman's very unappealing in this kind of role. Uh, Cuba, Cuba, Cuba Gooding Jr. is very unappealing in general. Yeah. It's uh, boring. Boring stuff. Kevin Spacey's wildly unappealing. But he dies, so then what happens after that? I'm, my memory of this and, is, is and pretty I, I would also I would also like to point out that like he, he's one of those kinds of characters where like in his dying breaths... <laughs> He's, he's a, a fucking jackass. He's a real human being. He's like telling funny jokes. He's lived yeah, his whole life. No, so but annoying. in his dying breath, he's like, Dustin Hoffman... You need to get back together with you with your wife. <laughs> yeah, like who the fuck do you have things, family patch friends? Things up with your wife. It's <laughs> ah, like his last word. So as all of this Fucking is crazy, happening, man. they're planning. Um, the government is planning on just like n- nuking this little town. Um, they're calling it Operation Clean Sweep, just like they did in 1967. That. Yeah, very, very like sweep. very tone deaf. That sounds ominous. <laughs> Operation <laughs> Nuke of the Town. And, what? And Dustin mm. Hoffman and Renee Russo kind of become aware of this and. Meanwhile, we know they're going to get back together. Because mm-hmm. we just, they have such chemistry. <laughs> because Kevin Spacey encouraged it. God. Um, and so they're like, Hoffman's basically just begging Morgan Freeman to fucking like, okay, let's, I know you have the antidote now, blah, 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 blah. You used blah, to be like, a good, you used to be cool. Yeah, they, come they were on, like, friends like, why are you before? doing Well, they, fi- they figure that out because like they compare like earlier samples to newer samples of the strain of virus and they're like, wait, this matches a thing we already have. Meanwhile, the monkey. And the monkey is making friends with a little girl. The little girl names her Betsy and is like drawing pictures. And the mom just is like, oh, my kid has a crazy personality. But I let her just hang out in the woods by my house. But I guess it was 1995. So people did that with their yeah, kids. Yeah. This you is ever, just you like ever watch the very first episode of Sesame Street? I don't know. The very first Sesame Street, <laughs> you know, Sesame Street has like, you know, they'd have the puppet stuff and then they have yeah. little short films in between yeah. things. In the first episode of Sesame Street, there's a short film where they're, they're teaching kids like concepts like over and under and like mm-hmm. through. And it's just like kids hanging out at like an abandoned construction site and a junkyard and stuff. Wow. Well, it's like I, I think back to the '90s where like I did have friends who had backyards that just like were yeah. out into the woods, and I remember there'd be like abandoned cars, and we yeah. would just like play on them. Yeah, yeah. you know, like you'd be so, you'd, you'd go out and play, and your parents would be like, you know, come home, like call us if you're not coming home for dinner. Yeah, exactly. And so like initially, like I was like, oh man, yeah, this girl's just hanging out in the woods with this monkey. But then I was like, I guess this was 1995, and so yeah, I feel like this I was make also sense probably <laughs> I was also probably hanging out in the woods with a monkey. Like who knows, you know, smoking cigarettes, yeah, like, sneaking menthols with me Marcel and, the me monkey, and fucking Betsy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I that I feel like this is a thing that like seems a little touchy even in the 90s, but now totally doesn't make sense. Yeah, like, they don't people don't let their kids play unsupervised like that right, anymore. Right, right. But, but like when I was a kid, I like I would go days without seeing my parents. You know, no, your parents would. <laughs> when we were kids, your parents would go like, "Get the fuck get out the of fuck our out sight." Of here. Oh yeah, I would. Ha- I would have to spend a certain amount of time outside. Uh uh-huh, yeah. yeah. Even dr- though all they, they wanted to drop do was, like, you off at your friend's place or whatever, and just like, "See ya." Mm-hmm. We're gonna go to the construction site. They're like, "We don't care. We don't I don't, care. You don't have to yeah. tell me where you're." Just no, get the me and fuck my brother used here. to just like play on like 
these big we had a bunch of like chopped wood on the side of our house for some reason like I, yeah I don't know if my dad just we <laughs> went had Alexa, crazy. We had towers up the hill. We climb on those. Yeah, and we would just be like climbing on like a splintery chopped wood all day and yeah. like doing yeah. what? I don't know, playing with bugs? I don't Try know. Try not to die, but yeah. get, maybe get back before sundown, but right. just get yeah. the fuck out of here. Um, but yeah, the, the, she's the, she's got the monkey, and that's her friend. Anyways, the, during this whole time, much like in in the Line of Fire, it, we, we're in one kind of movie, but we also have a detective story going on where Dustin Hoffman is going from place to place and picking up information that eventually leads him to the monkey. Uh, but he has to he has to hitch a ride on a helicopter onto like a Korean freighter ship. Yeah, and then uh, and he has to actually do he's action Hoffman. Yeah, like tiny four foot six. Uh, oh God. 94 pound Dustin Hoffman's jumping from a helicopter onto this boat and being like, "There's a anybody speak English here? There's a disease. Can I get a sandwich? Doctor, Can I get a doctor. sandwich, please?" Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and and then he goes and he goes to like the the room of the person who actually shipped the monkey on the boat, mm-hmm. and to, to fi- and he finds a picture of the monkey, which is so funny. This, wow, this guy just lucky. has like. It, on the bottom bunk, like if he looks up, the guy just has like a Polaroid of the monkey just like yeah. above his head. Like you'd have a picture of your girlfriend yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, cute, but weird. Very weird. Dustin <laughs> Hoffman was like, that's our guy. I'm just wishing that the part of the, that there was more of the movie that was like the monkey's story. Mm-hmm. Oh, if the whole movie yeah. was told from the monkey's perspective, soul. The, oh, the Betsy cut. It's be, it'd be like that. The second it'd be like Alien Covenant, where there's just way more Michael Fassbender. <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so they, it all it all comes back to this monkey, and then at a certain point, they do a broadcast to the town. where like, we are looking. Everybody, oh, drop yeah. everything you're doing. They take over like a news station, which yeah. I I think is cool. You need to find this monkey, and it is very funny to me. Um, the idea of just being a person in this town with all this shit that's happening, and then all of a sudden there's an important news report, and you have to and find the a monkey. Like, yeah. Look at this monkey. Find this monkey. Oh and yeah, like, he shows the what Polaroid. The fuck is going on? Yeah. <laughs> now I gotta find a monkey. Oh, I wonder if anyone still has that little Polaroid of that that monkey. Yeah, probably. Probably up above, probably their, the up above their bed. The monkey's <laughs> widow has the. Has the <laughs> <laughs> oh God, so sad. Uh, and he's constantly having these like she ethical. Never remarried. <laughs> <laughs> he's constantly having these w- weird ethical arguments with like Morgan Freeman, and uh, and there's like ar- arguments about like what a, how far a government has to go to like save people or what the government's obligation is or whatever. And this is uh, Morgan. Fr- uh, no, this is actually this is Sutherland talking. Because, which is fun because Sutherland says stuff like this in JFK all the time. This is him in like Mr. X mode. Yeah, yeah. General X, whatever it is. And he's like, FDR started the Vietnam War. How does history see him now? Truman dropped the bomb on the Japanese, saved hundreds of thousands of American lives. Oh, my God. Now your revisionist historians, now your revisionist historians are saying he just dropped that bomb to scare the Russians. Come on, give me a break. He's like that guy. Love America. Uh, Fantastic stuff. (laughs) Truman dropped the bomb on the Japanese, saved hundreds of thousands of American lives. Yeah. That's what he did when he did that. I agree. Everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, these fucking revisionist historians are claiming that it also killed a bunch of Japanese the people. Wo- the wokesters. The, wo- the wokesters. The woke toffs. <laughs> Unbelievable. The tankies. Um, so that's like one of the debates. Is, uh, is should we or should we not <laughs> nuke the fridge here? <laughs> um... And then, of course, and then it all comes down to them trying to catch this monkey, and it's uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. and Dustin Hoffman at this house where oh, the little wait. girl is we bringing the monkey out. Russo getting sick. Yeah, oh, Rene, Russo then gets Rene sick. Russo gets a, through, pin, a needle prick. A needle prick because she's she's trying to inject Kevin Spacey, but with she's some like medicine freaked out because she's emotionally involved now. Yeah, and she in Final Destination, she shoots it through her own suit, through her fucking 
paper-thin gloves. gloves. Yeah. Whoopsie-daisy. So now she's sick. and now Nobody now slept in days. Yeah. And so now she's sick, and now the, the now that's the person we really care about. The town, if they don't say the town, that's okay. If they're they say, a bunch of Rene Russo, oh, now we've got a problem. Yes. And this relationship, they've got they've to get got back They've got to together. save that relationship. This is the classic trope in disaster movies, where for some reason uh, the, the vast majority of disaster movies are also about a estranged couple getting yeah. back together. Yeah, I yeah. don't know what that's about. <laughs> yeah, like, even in what? Moonfall, it's like a whole subplot in that movie, too. Yeah, v- that, Virtually that every single one of them. Yeah. Uh, it's very strange. I don't know how that happened, but it seems it seems like it, they, there are people who are ob- obligated to do it now, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's in the rules or something. Uh, even if it's a couple as unappealing as Renee Russo and Dustin Hoffman who have given you no inkling <laughs> as to why you should want them to be back together again. God, I hate them. Uh, very strange. It's like it's a weird like if you don't care about this, you gotta care about this type thing. Right. It's like you're not giving the audience enough credit, or you're you're telling us you're a shitty fucking filmmaker. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> Uh, but the point, but yeah. So, so now there's the extra stakes, not just like the death of America in 48 hours, but also Rene Russo's gonna die. And at a certain point, it's like I love you so much, honey. <laughs> and then he like takes his fucking his <laughs> his helmet way, thing off. Again. I love you so much, honey. <laughs> uh, you're my wife. You're great. You're tops. You're a real super lady. A dish. This this lady here is a real dish. You're a perfect ten. Yeah. Your legs go all the way up. Oh my vum, god. Vum, vum, vum. <laughs> you got an hourglass. Why does he figure? sound like George Burns? <laughs> oh, the sunshine on my old Kentucky home. Boom, 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 boom. It'll be funny when I'm an old old man. Um but yes, and he takes his, his suit hat off. His suit his hat. Suit hat. <laughs> his suit hat. Amazing. Everybody take your suit he hats takes off. His suit hat off. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call it? A car hole. <laughs> Yeah, you got some sort of snobbier way of putting it. It's a suit uh, hat. It's a suit hat. <laughs> Mr. French man. And um, and he's like, oh, no. So now he really has to uh, find the thing or they both die. But who? they're such a great couple. You can't imagine them not being together. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't even remember what happens next. Well, they find the monkey. Um, they find the monkey. The That's little girl right. has told the mom about the monkey. The mom calls in. The little girl is like, I'll, come, I'll, I'll go out there, give the monkey treats, and the monkey will come out. And uh, uh, it's up to Cuba Gooding Jr. to shoot the monkey with a tranquilizer dart. Right, but the kids in the way. The kids, in the, and yeah, they they ring a little, like a tiny bit of uh, tension out of this part. Yeah, yeah, where yeah. Where it's just like, oh, get out of the way, kid. And but of course she doesn't. They get yeah, everything's fine. fine yeah. The movie's got to end. And and so they've got the so he saves her. They develop and this once again, much like the um, disease is cartoonishly bad. The the cure comes cartoonishly fast. Yeah, he just like shows up and within minutes they have. The, the cure synthesized and all we've got but like at this point the order has been given to blow up the city and mm-hmm. the and again this chain this whole chain of command thing these soldiers will do whatever they're told regardless of whether it's right the right thing to do or not and dustin hoffman and cuba gooding jr go up on the helicopter and get in the way yeah we need to have a helicopter chase at the end of this and he's like son movie. i know you think you're doing the right thing uh bombing this city but trust me son you have to believe me and that uh, uh, we, we have, have the, the cure. cure for it and, and uh, on the other line is donald sutherland going like fake news fake news is <laughs> it <laughs> <laughs> Fake he's news. lying to Don't save listen the, to him. He's lying in order to save the lives of these people. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And uh, <laughs> and of course, like in and this is another uh, another t- tense, suspenseful thing where, the, of course, and it looks like the the kid dropped the bomb, but then we look down and he's dropped it over the ocean. Yeah. And it blows up the ocean. There's a lot of fish now in the All ocean. All those fish Jeez. are dead. And. Uh, 
Uh, Dustin Hoffman and Renee Russo get back together. I mean, this is the ending of the movie. Yeah, they save the lives of the town. I think that they bring down like maybe somebody's been record has been listening to Donald's. No, uh, Donald. Um, Rush Morgan, Morgan Freeman, Freeman finally stands up to uh, uh, yeah. Donald Sutherland. Is like, uh, I'm invoking the order oh, yeah. of whatever to relieve him. you of your blah blah blah. He does a military arrest. Nobody punches sort. him in the face, which would have been cool. Yeah. If Dustin Hoffman like jumped up a couple feet and punched him <laughs> in the face, Morgan Freeman later reprised his role in this movie in Dreamcatcher. That's right, as the ba- but he's fully bad. He's fully that. bad, and well, he's crossed over. This this, <laughs> didn't he, this he didn't learn his lesson from this one. Crossed over to the dark side. Dreamcatcher, a movie I do like. <laughs> this is a thing that Dustin Hoffman like uh, Dustin Hoffman says to the uh, kid when when he's trying to convince him not to. Son, this is a pretty dumb movie. It's not just the town you're killing; it's a big slice of the American soul, man. Oh Jesus Christ! Well, that was a slice of the American soul. You know he, you know he had somebody write that for him because he wanted to have like a good speech at the end. What if uh, I said something like a slice of American soul? Big yeah, a big deep dish slice of soul. <laughs> who, who could resist? Who could resist that? A steaming slice. Amazing. I like a table si- slice of of pizza, of the American pizza. American pizza? Like a table cut, you know, like the square cut. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Mm. I just imagined a pizza as big as a whole table. You could have that. I want it. We could do it. Okay. All right. Deal. Right now. <laughs> Let's go. Let's Fini- we'll finish later. <laughs> There's a part where Dustin Hoffman has, has basically- gets five Judds. Uh, Dustin Hoffman has basically been fired from his position, but he's still going around trying to save lives because he's a hero. He's a he- man. He's got manly it. Man. He's a moral obligation. And he's a he's the hero of the movie. And uh, he goes into this guy who doesn't know that he's been fired from his, whatever his position is in the military. And he's going like, I'm a big shot and you got to get me on that plane and blah, blah, blah. And the guy's going, well, I'm going to call my commander to uh, to find out. And he's like, all right, you, you go ahead and call your commander. And the guy picks up the phone. And he's like, don't call the commander. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, <laughs> put that phone down. Put that phone down. Put don't even put your finger on that. Finger that phone. Finger it. He keeps on saying finger the phone to the guy. I like that. He just confuses and scares that guy into not doing his job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um this is a uh, Kevin Spacey this is when as the aforementioned jokes that he's cracking while he's passing away before like his last word is get back together with your wife. Yeah. Uh, but he's also telling jokes and someone says he's got he's got the willies. Yeah. He goes, I hate the willies. They ought to call them the Sams, don't you think? <laughs> and so forth. He's dying. Give him a break. Die already. I had a wonderful. This is another thing he says when he's sick. I had a wonderful dream, Auntie M. <laughs> you were there, and you were there. I hate this movie so there. much. <laughs> oh boy. Um, and then we just get this like little bit of a detail when they're, and this is when when Dustin Hoffman's going on his like uh, detective, uh-huh. his, his twenty minute detective journey to find the monkey, and he goes into an office and he's trying to get paperwork from a person who knows the person he's trying to get the paperwork from, uh, and and she uh, and she and this lady who's the secretary goes like I'm I'm a friend of of this guy, and he goes how close of a friend, and she goes closer than his wife would like, and you're like I wrote oh, that geez, down too. what a Loved weird. <laughs> What a weird, huge detail she to just throw into there. She is a little... Uh, ooh, God. She's very proud of her cucking this guy. Or I'm cucking proud, this lady. I'm proud of her. She's proud of, you're proud of her, too? Mm-hmm. I mean, God, I mean, she's going to... Everybody's going to die in 48 hours. I mean, get, get, get your fun well. in. Get your cuck on. Get your cuck on. <laughs> General, with all due respect, fuck you, sir. That's something that somebody says at some point. I believe it. <laughs> it's a cool <laughs> thing to say. Uh, ratings. Two and a half, Judds. I just don't mm. like this movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I will. I will stipulate to its sort of uh, 
the like the pacing of it and stuff, but I mean it's just ruined by the cast. Terrible cast. And the script is just awful. Yeah. Uh, and and I think that it sort of weirdly suffers from not having like a decent antagonist, like Donald Sutherland's back office, like advocating for the nuke is like, eh. you know. Meanwhile, they're chasing the air. Yes. You know, so it's sort of like <laughs> it's I don't know. it's very silly. I, I wasn't that into it. Uh, n- z- like zero Douglases. Yeah. Yep. Nope. There's nothing there. Zero Douglases, which is fine. Just Although not a horny film. I, at least at least I don't have to watch Dustin Hoffman and Rene Russo like make out or whatever. I believe there is a scene where like McSweeney's uh, shows up for the at the airport and he's sick as a dog and he makes out with his hippie girlfriend. Yeah, that's yeah, like, that's, so that's pretty fucking gross. Yeah, like, they, they sloppily make out, but he's also like incredibly sick. So yeah. it's pretty <sighs> na- it's pretty gross. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, zero Douglases. Yeah. Uh, and I'm gonna give it uh, ten out of ten Melty Mix Steamies. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I want a Melty Mix Steamy right, right now. Right? That sounds good. I'm so hungry right now. Get that now. from Wendy. I, I, really I want a double. <laughs> a double with double Melty Mix Steamy with bacon. I am really hungry right now. So yeah. <laughs> and a table sized pizza, please. <laughs> uh, uh, the outbreak special. <laughs> this is again. <laughs> Uh, with reservations, I th- honestly, this is the one I like. Wolfgang Peterson with some reservations. His career was pretty just down down the middle for after Das Boot for the most part, with a couple like fun inspired things in there. But he, but he, I'm gonna give it three Juds. Okay, because it is it is bad. Yeah. It's like a terrible script. It's a stupid story, and it's a bad cast. So why is this movie entertaining? And I and I honestly have to hand that mostly to Wolfgang Peterson Production, keeping this yeah. keeping this thing crackling along, even though there's by no yeah, right. I mean he has no right to be this entertaining. This through absolutely. So I'll, I'll give it up the most for him for this one because like this this on paper this movie fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. I hate this cast. The script is just dumb as dirt. And I'm still and I watched it and was still just sort of like yeah this is fun. Right. <laughs> this is fun. That's that's amazing. That's kind of an incredible accomplishment when you think about it. Uh, zero Douglases, and I'm gonna give it ten out of ten monkey loogies. Is that monkey hawks a loogie right in McSweeney's face? Marcel, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm gonna give this three. You gave it three. And I, and know, half I know. I know. I'm going. Dude. Go I, for it. But now. As we talk about See? it, like what this happens, <laughs> it happens. I'm giving it three. Also, I, I believe my letterbox ratings and my suspense ratings might be different. Different opinions um, change within. But three, three Juds, uh, because yeah, I just really, I really liked watching it, and I liked all the corny, like here's the gross, uh, the disease little guys like going through the movie theater and the fucking monkey and Jimbo and all this all this stuff. It was, it was quite the adventure, uh, <laughs> and. I don't think, I mean, I guess it's, it's just, it's not amazing, but I just had a good time watching it, I guess. And yeah, the cast sucks though. Inexplicably fun. Inexplicably. Yeah. There's, say. there's no defending it. Um, zero Douglases and I'm giving it 10 easily terrible rubber hazmat suits. Hello. <laughs> there's so, so much. That reminds me of something I failed to point out earlier. I really like it how anytime one of the doctors is dying, one of the other doctors caresses their their hazmat helmet because they can't <laughs> yeah. touch their right. face. Yes. It happens like four times. <laughs> Love it. Also, I wanted to make a suggestion. Would this have been better if instead of Dustin Hoffman, it was John Travolta? This seems like a tailor-made for a 90s Travolta performance to me. Hmm. The dialogue, the, the demeanor of the character, everything. It's like, 
John Travolta doing the like "fuck you, general" kind of stuff. It, I would believe him and Rene Russo together more. As they well, they've played a couple multiple times. So, yeah, I, I, yes, for sure. And I, I got my problems with John Travolta too. But sure. around this time, and this is before pre Travolta sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, no, no, this is ninety five. This is ninety five. This, 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 this is right in the middle. Right in there. Of it. Like yeah. I feel like I feel like if this had been made two years later, it would have been Travolta. I think almost anybody. Because this probably preferred. was this was really getting made and cast while he like before Pulp Fiction or during Pulp Fiction. Yes, you know Dustin Hoffman in this role is flat out silly. So yeah. f- honestly, get any of those leading guys <laughs> in this, and it'll be better. Yeah. It's it's a really bad choice, but all of the guys, all, all the people bad. are bad choices. No, there's not a good choice at, at all. Nope. So speaking moving of moving on, no good choices at all. Oh my, I don't know. Moving on to 1997's Air Force One, possibly the daddest movie of. All time. <laughs> <laughs> Definite huge BDE in this movie. Definite. Tonight I come to you with a pledge to change America's policy. Atrocity and terror are not political weapons. And to those who would use them, your day is over. In a speech tonight in Moscow, the president issued a direct challenge to terrorist nations but the around question the world. Remains, what are the risks involved in such a bold policy initiative? They hated your speech, didn't they? We're afraid we won't have the guts to back it up. Air Force One clear for takeoff. Thank you for your hospitality, Moscow. Where's my family? The president's plane, Air Force One, has been hijacked. What do they want? They want General Raddick released from prison. I will execute the hostage every half an hour. What are our airborne scenarios? There are no airborne scenarios. My husband will not negotiate. His wife, his daughter, I think he'll negotiate. How the hell did this happen? How the hell did they get Air Force One? Your national security advisor has been executed. He just bought you another half hour. Sir, your parachute. I'm not leaving without my family. You know who I am? I'm the president of the United States. A real big Clinton energy, too. Just like balls deep in the Clinton era. Definitely like heavy centrist, you know. Centrist as Centrist, like dad militant energy. liberalism. Yeah. This this movie has is is a lot of that um, that Twitter meme where it's the uh, the difference between <laughs> we this Corey brought this up when we were watching it. The difference between Republicans and Democrats. Okay, is the what the the plane bombing <laughs> is Republicans, and then the plane bombing with like a pride flag on it is Democrats. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, no. like we want to do the same shit, but we're nice. Yeah. But we're nice guys. We're the nice ones, we're but we're gonna do the exact same shit. Yeah. But to, like, poli- yeah. this is like one of those classic movies where like you can see your dad watching it, you're going like, "There's no politics here," you know, because it is like centrism, really yeah. going out of its way to not be about anything other than America's like, good, a, a crisis, uh, like an immediate crisis involving the hostage situation. Courage is good. America's good. Bad things are bad. Yeah. Uh, righteousness. Righteousness is good. Evil is bad. Yeah. It's very, it's very square jawed. There are little classic like, Harrison Ford little stuff. Little snippets of there of like real stuff where you're going, how'd that get in there? Where like Gary Oldman goes, you who would uh, bomb a hundred thousand Iraqis to save a nickel and a gallon of gasoline would tell me the rules of war. Yeah, you're like yeah. that's a real fair thing. What's that doing in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> that's a dark, fair point. Harrison yeah. Ford plays this the this guy, this Wolfgang <laughs> this Peterson guy. character that is. <laughs> No, I'm saying this type of character oh, yeah, that he yeah, yeah. that that is in all of these movies better than any the other two guys okay. who play these. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I feel like 
clear. I feel the no nonsense, like squared away, always right. Yeah, like I, I am the family man. I am also the protector of this goddamn country. I am, I am masculinity. You know, president of the country, and he has no character defects. That seems unlikely. <laughs> and he's fucking his wife. Yeah. His they, character his defect wife, is he cares too much about his family. He's a great at his, He loves football. He's a man's man. He's the best president. He he's tough baseball. and yeah. nice. He's fucking his wife. He does the right thing. Yeah. And he kicked. And he was. He fought. Flew planes in the war. Yeah. He, kicks, he played he, football. He kicks ass. He's nice. He fucks his wife. This is great. And he's everybody so loves him. He's, he's like the. He's like action Jed Bartlett. Yes, and he gives this, but maybe a little, maybe a little bit more militant. But he gives this yeah. speech. This is in Russia. Oh, the the opening scene is like SEAL Team Six, basically like well, invading. The openings, the opening scene is them. Is, yeah, the the, the Navy SEALs invading Kazakhstan and like capturing this Jurgen rogue now. Your German crotchrot. This, this rogue Russian general. Yeah, German Krotrat. He doesn't have a line in this movie. It's just a cameo. I think he has some stuff at the end. He says a little, a few things. He might have a, but it is it is a cameo because yeah. Prochnow is in Das Boot, and I'm sure he's yeah, yeah. Wolfie's buddy. Uh, but yeah, so they 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 basically like rendition this German this uh, this rogue Russian general and imprison him. It's General Radic. General Radic. Fucking great. Yeah. And then meanwhile, when that happens, after that happens, Harrison Ford is the president of the United States. He's in Moscow with his family to deliver like sort of a detente speech. Yes. It's his. It's like Gettysburg His name is President Marshall, yes? I believe it is President Marshall. So it's like the Marshall plan. He's like- The Marshall doctrine. We compromised on on decency. I'm I'm paraphrasing to get to the stuff that I have. This is the the real quote. But he's like, "Uh, we we did this for, for politics and convenience and all this. How dare we? Real peace is not just the absence of conflict, but the presence of justice. Never again will I allow our political self-interest to deter us from doing what we know to be morally right. Atrocity and terror are not political weapons, and to those who would use them, your day is over. It's mm-hmm. your turn to be afraid. That's very fascinating pre-9-11 shit right there, baby. Yeah, fascinating pre-9-11. This pre-97. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. This stuff was already boiling up. There's like a handful of movies where you can see, like even Swordfish particularly. Yeah, yeah. Is like six months before 9-11 happened. You're like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Or like when we did Executive Decision, which is a couple years before this, maybe maybe one or two years before this. (laughs) It's like around the same time. And it's like, oh, this is what we thought like Muslim terrorists looked like. You know, it's fucking... Man, we were insane in the 90s. <laughs> it's really interesting <laughs> to see. The Clinton, the Clinton era really fucked up America. It's oh, interesting to see the evolution of, of who we decide to villainize, uh-huh. in these, especially in these like big budget action films. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fucked up. But this, but they were being, but they were being safe with this <laughs> one, and, th- and that's yeah. what they did a lot the of Russians. the time, yeah, because the Russians. Yeah, but definitely. then also, but but also a rogue. In this mm. one, it's not even the Russians; it's a rogue band of Russians. They're, they're like hardliners who want to restore like heavy communism. Yes, yeah, exactly. Communism's the enemy. They're pissed off that we that that Putin we liberalized their country. Yeah, yeah, we liberalized their country, and now everybody, now everybody's Let's everybody's do, whores and gangsters. Been, yeah, exactly, whores and gangsters. Uh, so. Gary Oldman. Love it. This is another option for my Gary Oldman theme party that I want to do. He's very fun to watch in this. (laughs) I think Gary Oldman and Harrison Ford are both really swinging for the fences in this. Yeah. And once again, much like the other two films that we've talked about today, banger cast, man. Like, even though they sucked in Outbreak, like, that's a rogues gallery of guys. You know what I mean? Like, they've got a big cast. But, like, they got what? You You got Harrison Ford, Gary Oldman, Xander Berkeley. Bill Macy, Bill, Macy. Bill Smitrovich, Glenn, Glenn Close. Close, Glenn fucking Close, the guy from Contact who I can never remember his name, who was like the judge, who was like, you want us to take this on faith? 
He's in this too. Dean Stockwell. Mm-hmm. Dean Stockwell. Stockwell. Oh, oh, uh, 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 G- G- Gator. Jimmy Gator. Jimmy Gator. Yeah, Philip Baker Hall. German Crotchrot's in this. Like everybody. It's fucking pretty cool. Um, and some lady as Harrison. Some Ford's lady wife. as Harrison Ford's wife. <laughs> oh, it has the little girl from uh, A Little Princess. Oh, that was the only other thing yeah, she ever she did. did two That's movies. the daughter. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess she's like a super rich heiress to like some sort of hell yeah something awesome. or other. But More I looked job. it up and she doesn't look like a shitty person. She looks pretty nice. More nepotism, babies. Paris Love Hilton. It. And her name was Paris. Um. In any case, so uh, they get you know the the president and his uh, entourage are flying back to um, the states on Air Force One. Hmm. A, a TV news crew has been granted clearance to come on board and film the president for Russian television. Uh, it turns <laughs> out that those are bad guys. They killed the real TV crew. It's Gary Oldman and his terrorist buddies, mm-hmm. and they managed to get on the plane. Somehow they've got help from the inside, and it turns out right away they give this away. It's Mark Allender. It's Mark Allender, our friend Mark <laughs> Allender. No, it's, Zan- it's Xander Berkeley. Xander Berkeley. Who's, uh, you know, late of 24 in Terminator 2. He's a rogue Secret Service agent who is helping the uh, the, the Russians to take over the plane. Mm-hmm. And indeed they do. They sure do. And boy, one thing I love about this movie is it is a fucking massacre. It's, like, it's yeah. pretty violent. Lots of people die, and there is like nary a tear shed for the idea that like they are protecting the president of the United States. Like everybody is like, Mr. President, you have to survive. Dude, imagine like having a president that you would do that. No, that like you like you don't want to fling out of a hijacked Air Force One. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> the president's life is worth a, th- a million re- regular like, lives. Anyway, I mean, there's nothing more precious. Imagine if this was like fucking Donald Trump. You <laughs> yeah, know? It's just like we've got to save him. We're going to kill the president unless <laughs> just like, kill him. Okay, just unless kill him. what? No, go I don't ahead. even need to hear the rest. Just go ahead and kill him. <laughs> unless you meet our demands, we will kill them. Just kill him. Just kill him. It's, it's fine. fine. Can we meet at a Waffle House <laughs> later to confirm the body? <laughs> We're gonna want to see proof that you killed him too. Send us pictures. <laughs> it's like ridiculous. Anyway, oh, that doesn't get us kicked off of Apple. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Maybe we can cut that part Apple out. Nah, <laughs> fuck them. Uh, but like, yeah. I mean, we started this off with saying we're glad the queen is dead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and now true. we're continuing. We we speak truth to power. We do. They should be. There should be a, a sequel that's called Buckingham Palace <laughs> saving the Queen of England. <laughs> and then at the end, this really really crappy CGI Buckingham Palace crashes into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> They're just saving her from the Grim Reaper. It's the people yeah. who did like Sharknado and shit. Oh yeah, <laughs> love it. Uh, anyway, so yeah, the plane is now hijacked. Glenn Close is the vice president. They fly her in there. Yeah, their their whole hijacking plan is like begins with fake documents and a guy on the inside, and then just event for like a solid five minutes is just m- gunning people. Yeah, down. gunning people down. The president <laughs> escapes. Just that's he gets it. he gets down into this uh, like the substructure, and they they there's a pod. There's an escape pod there, but he stays behind to yeah. save. But his he puts family. the escape pod out, and he, and he, he pops he pops the escape pod anyway, so that they think he's off the for plane. quite a while. They think that the president has gone away. So, ne- so yeah, which he's is, he's like. Bruce Willis seeing and Die Hard. He's dieharding it, yeah. yeah. You better believe it. He's executive decisioning. Yeah. Yes. I don't remember if that came before Not, or after this. Uh, I think that was before this. I think it's before. Good movie. Yeah, really good uh, movie. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so he's so it's you know it's Die Hard on a plane, and but then also John McClane is the president, and that's the whole thing. Yeah. So so they're and like, John McClane's like not a divorced drunk. Yes. <laughs> he's like a great he's dude. A really forthright, manly, but a nice guy, but tough. Yeah. And he likes football. He fucks his wife. <laughs> <laughs> what more can you ask for? Still, still hot for my wife. 
Um, yes, and so you get that cl- the classic diehard shit. The, this, the, the, the terrorist plan was to kidnap the president, yeah. but now it's just sort of like, well, we've got like various secretaries and the president's family, so hopefully that'll get us. And they're hoping to something. ransom all of these hostages for the release of Jurgen Prochnow's character, General Raddick. General Raddick. Great name. And they basically get on the horn with uh, command and control in the United States, where Glenn Close has now been has not been sworn in yet, I suppose, but she should be. She's taken over, She's taken even over. though there is like the question of if she should be taking over or if the the Joint Chiefs and yeah. like yeah, the military can basically supersede her authority. But I think she's doing a great job. Yeah. If you ask she's me, they should have shot down the plane. Yeah, she's unfailingly <laughs> loyal. She's very loyal to the president. She's tough. And in uh, and the and there's even like a thing like a the, usually in in the well history. they they're trying to basically use a con- the Constitution to suggest that that they can like basically uh, remove the president from authority whether he's dead or not because yes. he's basically acting as though he's dead even if you were alive yes, because he's, he's and not he's out of commission seat. and yeah. they don't know where he is so, but she refuses to sign the papers. And Dean Stockwell want, thinks I think he's Secretary of Defense. He thinks yeah, that he, he wants to he stop thinks up. that he's in charge now because yeah. of this situation. They need to bring in Jimmy Gator, who is like the constitutional expert. He's to the like attorney general. Out. He's the attorney general, and he, in his word, somehow goes in this. So that's a thing. But uh, but Glenn Close is unfailingly loyal, which is uh, not a usual thing with presidents and vice presidents. You can tell that like her and Harrison Ford are like buddies, though. Oh, he's you know so, what I mean? He's they're, such a they're great man. BFFs. It's such a great man that anybody who's been in his sphere of influence is just like unfailingly loyal. I would be. And they even have like a, a, a line of dialogue between the two of them where he, where it's like, oh, he mentored her. Yeah. And he and he goes, if you give a mouse a cookie, and she goes, he's gonna win a glass. Of I milk. thought that was so weird. <laughs> that's, that's <also laughs> I don't know what you're going to say children's book. Yeah, no, exactly. That's how I know. Oh, okay. uh, that's how I really know it. Um, so as soon as I said that, I'm like, the fuck they're quoting that? What if, it, what if she was like, what if he was like, don't let the pigeon drive the bus? <laughs> or like, Dude, everyone can't poops. Let the pigeon. He just wants to drive the goddamn bus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a couple of Chris small, Crispian. Couple, <laughs> yes, he exactly. To Mr. Dog. He did. Uh, one, a couple of dumb little details I wanted to point out. One, um, there's a recurring gag towards the beginning of this movie where Harrison Ford just really wants to watch the game that has been taped for him. Mm-hmm. And he keeps telling people, like, Stanford, I think. Don't spoil the end of the game for me. And then finally, at the last second, somebody's like, What about the end of that game, huh? He does with the final score and, like, ju- like ruins it for him. Oh. I'm like, This guy's the president of the United States. He's got an entire staff doing this for him. They know he's taping the game. He's done this before. You'd think they would know <laughs> to shut the fuck up it's about that. That guy ass. wasn't just fired. He was executed. He was executed summarily, yeah. Execute that guy. They, they threw him out of the plane. Put uh, him in Guantanamo. What are you talking about? Well, you'll, he'll get it in right. a few years. You'll Slightly, your kids are going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly more important uh, is the scene where uh, they hold a press conference and say, Air Force One has been hijacked. We don't have whereabouts on the president. We're efforting this as we speak. And it's like, you know, it would never happen. If this actually no, no, happened, no. no one would ever find out about it not. until it was all over. Yeah, this doesn't happen over that long a period of time. Yeah, there's just like there's no way they would be like, you know what? We got to tell the American people that the president has been hijacked. The government's got to be transparent with the American people because yeah, we're, what we're we so good about that. Historically, what we yeah, do. I thought that was really funny. Anyway, those are nitpicks. I just thought they were fun to point out. But Gary Oldman gets to be like. Um, he get there's like a hint of like maybe honor that was once in there that has been subsumed by his zealotry and uh, the violence that required that has been required to be a soldier. Yeah. So every once in a while he'll be kind of self righteous. He he has a, like a really good part in it where he's talking to. I love this shit 
That, that little girl is going to be fucked up. Oh, yeah. The president's heavy daughter, PTSD. she has to see a bunch of her friends and, and people get blown away in front of her and has mm-hmm. guns pointed at her. And then this, and then he's going up to her like, little girl, uh, you wonder why how I can do these horrible things. But my, how I, I have to, con- I, there is a part of me that hates to kill. The, the, I am a human being with a soul. I have I, a little I must, daughter. I, must, yeah. I have a daughter myself. I push it down and I push it away because of my love of Mother Russia. Yeah. This is why I do these things and all this. You're kind of like, oh, it's, it's, she's it's like, well, I was a Cowboys really fan. What do you want? <laughs> it was, it was yeah. very convincing how he explained like being like a, a very radical terrorist. I was like, yeah. okay. Yeah, another another <laughs> line another line that he has uh, that I that is, is kind of like, she's like you're you're you know, she's like this person's evil or what you're doing is evil and she's like your your president is just as evil and she's like no he's not no oh well, because he does it in a tuxedo with a telephone call and a smart bomb yeah like, good shit take that Obama. <laughs> Obama. Easy, that's the with oh that's right Obama bingo mm, Obama. Uh, so that's pretty great, but like in the end, he he also says stuff like uh, freedom is a disease. <laughs> <laughs> he infe- has some classics. This infection you call freedom, and you're like, all right. And of course, he's trying to save General Radek, so there's yeah. no question that he's just basically fighting. He's a bit of a cartoon. He's on the villain. side of evil. He's no Ed Harris in The Rock, you know no. what I mean? Where it's like, <laughs> oh, there's some nuance here. <laughs> a real dummy. Yeah. Like, uh, what, what did you movie. think you were doing here, buddy? Yeah. I mean, but he is a great man. Yeah. He thought he was doing the right thing. Oh no! By threatening to kill, <laughs> by threatening to kill millions of people. Entire city. Uh, <laughs> uh, his heart was in the right place. His heart was in the right place. It's fine. <laughs> uh, but then, mo- mostly, what follows is like sort of a cat and mouse thing. You know, like they're trying to find the president on the plane. They're trying to lure him out by executing hostages. They're trying to expedite their demands by executing hostages. Yeah, they're gonna. They every half hour that their demands aren't met, they're going to execute someone. So there's like a timer on and everything. Yeah. And, and they do kill a couple of uh, hostages. They do. There's a guy who's an Ellis. Briefly, there's an Ellis. He's st- he, he's not quite. He's he's kind of like he's one of presidential's like sniveling advisors. Mr. President, I think you should capitulate to the terrorists. I don't, I don't agree with you but later on like the the terrorists are there and he's like well excuse me i'm gonna go talk to these guys oh he's like the for- he's the like secretary. the foreign action person yeah, or whatever. yeah, yeah. i am the person that you want to talk to because i'm the one that can make things yeah they blow they him away blow right away. away he doesn't even get a cup of uh, coke no he doesn't get anything Seem to have yeah, missed 60 being, minutes. If you're being hijacked or attacked or whatever, like, and you and you want to decrease your chances of being shot, like, right, like, then just don't say, don't just sit stand there. out. Don't be like, I'll handle this. Just sit in the back. Yeah. <laughs> sit in the back and look normal. Classic one of these tropes. Like, it happens in executive decision where they're like, Senator, this, like, it's JT Wall. This is they're your like, chance. This oh, is your yeah. chance to shine. And he's like, you're right. And then they kill him. Oh, fucking, uh, uh, speaking of JT Walsh, we forgot to point he out is he's in an this. outbreak. He's an outbreak. That's and right. He's he has, not in this. And he's an he has outbreak. a whole Ned Beatty from Network speech. That's right. And that's like the best it's part the of the best movie. best part of the whole movie. I'm sorry <laughs> I totally we forgot, forgot, we forgot to mention. There is a part, in, I'm sorry to go back to the movie, but we're done with it. But there's a, a five minute scene yeah. where J.T. Walsh, one of the greatest human beings in the history of the world, fa- fantastic <laughs> actor, they give him five minutes and then just go, like, here's go the whole it, speech. Yeah. And you get to scream. And it's, like, it's like a one and he's yelling at it's everybody. It's a one Yeah. It's fucking oh, awesome. It's awesome. And there's nothing else like it in the rest of the yeah, movie. That's definitely we, the high point. Okay. So, thank so, God we got so, that out there. So good we forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we... Yeah, well, we got it there. We got it in there. It's important. And it's weird kind of that J.T. Walsh isn't in this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe he was busy doing... <laughs> something. Outbreak at the same time. Yeah. I don't fucking know. Well, it's been right uh, around breakdown time, too. Oh, yeah. Which he's great. Well, he's always great. Yeah. R.I.P. Anyhow. Um, yes, yeah, so the dieharding goes down, and then you get the... 
the white knuckled uh, negotiations going on with Glenn Close. She's sweating through her silk blouse. Yeah. Oh, I hated that. <laughs> and, Not uh, her sweating through the blouse, you guys. That's uh, the thing that Gary. That's Ullman the thing says. that Gary Ullman says, and you're sitting there sweating oh, through your silk, silk blouse. blouse. He's totally doing his Dracula accent, too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you're good at something, oh, the, keep it going. The children of the night. Oh, what sweet music they make. My love never dies. Anyhow. And, uh, yeah, anyhow. So, um, <laughs> yeah, you know how Die Hard goes. <laughs> right? Yeah, I didn't, certain... I didn't make too many notes on this movie just because it, I think, it kind of all happened. I think there's a lot of fun shit to talk about, like, but it's not really narrative-based. I do enjoy the scene where the... Uh, the black lady comes up with the idea about the fax machine. Oh, love that too. Because yep. the character's really funny, and it's very like, it's kind of tokeny. Yeah. Like. Yeah. They make her. They make her almost like too cute. Yeah. You know, and then she's there's, very eager to please. Yes. The president. And it's like there. It seems like they're trying to like make it stand out that they have cast this particular person in this role, especially because when they're all when everybody's escaping on parachutes, they have like a really prominent shot of her like on a parachute <laughs> right in the foreground, like yeah. And and since we're super t- funny, since we're talking about that, let's segue to the fact that the special effects in this movie are look terrible. like shit. Yeah, it's mostly th- a lot of bad green screen, and then there's the terribly famous CGI the airplane. C- the, at the CGI end. airplane crash is famous, but honestly, mm-hmm. the special effects are shitty from start to finish. Anytime it's anything having to do with the airplane, I don't totally agree with you. Yeah, I think that the CGI stuff is really bad, and the compositing, like the actual like the backgrounds that the airplanes are flying against, don't look particularly good. Yeah. But the um, for the most part, the airplane itself is a giant model and I think they do make it look really good. Yeah. Um, but like that shot at the end where it's hitting the water and breaking up, that's all CGI. Even the guy, Richard Edlund, who's like, a, a, he got, the guy worked on fucking Star Wars. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? This is a famous dude. He was like, they didn't give us enough time. They kept making changes. We were down mm-hmm. to the wire. We did the best we could. I knew it was bad when it came out. Yeah. Like nobody here was going like, shit, you know, we, we thought it looked good. I didn't think it was good at the time, but it wasn't noteworthy for special effects to be this bad in a movie. This right. was uh, this was still towards the advent of CGI, or at least, use, at least yeah, using yeah. CGI for stuff like this in movies. And oftentimes it looked this bad. It's yeah, just yeah. this movie happens to be very prominent because it was a huge hit. Mm-hmm. So when you see something that shitty in a movie of this stature, you're kind of like, holy fuck. Yeah. One and, thing- and a lot of, I think, like you said, though, a lot of the composite stuff looks like shit, Yeah, too. a lot of the composite is not And very the part good. where they're all parachuting out is, that looks terrible. is laughable. Um, on the other hand, though, I think that one of the things that separates this one from the other two movies we did is that this is like basically like a one-room kind of thing. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's all on one big it's set. It's just like a labyrinthine Yeah. Whereas setting. everything else was like, we're going to different cities, Dolkins, different locations, and this is just like different rooms on the plane. And I think they've done a really good job of like making it stay tense. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Definitely. It's a, so it's, that's cool. It can it's only... very Das Booty. I mean, like... Dust booty. That that is a good point. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, like, like that's to make the booty. most out of an extremely tight, confined. Small, yeah, you know, it still uh, feels yeah. it feels claustrophobic. There, yeah. Even though like there's and all these also, twists and turns, and he goes down. He goes like downstairs, yeah. and there's all these. There's different rooms throughout, so it doesn't feel so like one. It's one not monotonous. Room. Yeah, 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 exactly. And they do, I think, a pretty good job of t- of like making it clear like where everybody is on the plane and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they so. don't go too far. Obviously, planes are big, and that's a big plane. But like I remember in the movie Flight Plan, mm-hmm. there's t- t- parts where you're like, how. Fu- Fucking big is this plane? Is yeah. this the size of an aircraft carrier? <laughs> this thing is huge. And this one, you're like, this seems like plausibly the size of yeah, an actual yeah. plane. They're working with limited space. Um, uh, you get a lot of Harrison Ford's classic physical acting. Yes. Um, he does a finger of doom more than once. He does a finger of doom, but there's a- Wait, there's what's like, finger of doom? It's when he goes- 
<laughs> you find this man. He's, he loves pointing. Yeah, he yeah. points. It's, it's more like this. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like a crooked finger, kind of like you find this man. Shaking find this a man. little bit. Yeah. But there's a, there's like a bunch of parts in it, like one in particular where where he first does action, where he because he's just got he's just climbed yeah, yeah. up from the pod, and then he the, he, he like whistles at like one of the gunmen to like come into this room, and he lunges at him over a table, and the, he's getting slammed, and he's slamming the guy, and it and it and it Harrison Ford in these scenes, we, as we've discussed before many times, does a really good job where you kind of go like this really looks like a guy awkwardly trying yeah, to fighting. subdue a person yeah, yeah. and it looks yeah and it's it like looks painful too it's like yeah. he's encountering these terrorists and like physically apprehend not apprehending them but overtaking them but also he's like falling and he's tripping and he's yeah, stumbling yeah. so it's like he is a dude Harrison he's just a normal dude but also he is our president i think yeah. that's like a huge part of harrison president ford's dude. mo for, for for these kinds of scenes is to make it seem is to make the action not seem airless, and he's like freaked out. Th- this entire movie is he's like, oh fuck, like yeah, he looks like terrified. he looks scared. Like if he sees someone coming around the corner, he's not like I'm gonna shoot him. He's just like oh, like his eyes are yeah, wide yeah, open yeah. and everything, and he looks like as you would look if you were. <laughs> he's really being he's hijacked. really good. At Harrison Ford swinging for the fences. There's the part where when it really comes down to it, and this is where you get all the stuff that Harrison Ford can do in one scene. So there's a. Uh, Gary Oldman slamming, like grabbing him by the hair and like slamming his face up against like the panels of this wall. Yeah. And this is where, he, like in interviews at the time, it would come out where Gary Oldman would would say in interviews, like, "Yeah, Harrison Ford just told me to slam his face into the thing. He was just like, yeah, grab my hair and slam my face into that <laughs> thing, because that's like, yeah, that's what he'll do. Uh, he he likes that. <laughs> he likes, he likes that. it. He likes to. He calls it physical acting and. Uh, uh, but then also, at a certain point, he's like, now I am going to shoot your daughter. And this is when Harrison Ford goes, no. And he's like, I'm I'm not going to negotiate with Harrison. I will count to three. Three, two. And he's like, I'll do it. And then he he does his like his lip is quivering. Yeah, he's like, I'll do it. He's like you see the you see the internal struggle. Yeah, he's a, Harrison Ford at a hundred percent. Good actor. 100%. Who knew? Good actor. He's not good in play. I mean, he's at least phones it in in lots of movies, but not in this he, one. He earned the ability to phone it in in lots of movies <laughs> yeah, by I being good in some this movies. This was him, like, towards the end of not phoning it in, I would have to say. <laughs> Getting very close to the phoning it in phase of uh, Harrison Ford's career. But he's great in this. And him and, and Harry, like, him and Gary Oldman, that stuff's very compelling. I mean, looking, looking, at, the, uh, looking at the filmography here, I am comfortable saying that this is his last great performance. Ooh. Because, I mean, unless you want to count Age you know, of Adeline appearing uh, in Indiana Jones 4 or I, the Star Wars prequel. I sure sequels, don't. You know, like The Expendables <laughs> 3. I never saw Age of Adeline. Um, I was kind of joking, that but is. that movie was really good to, to me. But, to like, me the personally. only other one that's even that even comes close is, and uh, probably there's a lot of dispute about this because of his ridiculous accent, but I still think he's good in K-19. Yeah, K-19 he is g- good in, but it was a bad idea to do the accent. Um, I also don't think he's terrible in the movie that he immediately followed this one with, Six Days, Seven Nights. Never seen it. It's not great, There's but he's There's a lot he's okay of post this time period that I haven't seen. Uh, I've seen most of these, and I liked him in Blade Runner, but he's not great in that. Like in the yeah. in Blade Runner 2049. Um, anyway, he's fucking firing on all cylinders. This is classic Harrison Ford dad movie shit. Like, Digging deep. Classic mm-hmm. stuff. This is a good movie. It's good. Very sturdy. Not great, but good. Does exactly what it says on the box. Absolutely. Has a, 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 a quantity of like formal and narrative economy. I don't find myself going like, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense too much. Yes. Uh, there is a like a, 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 a tremendous scene. At the, 
That is one of those kind of quintessential scenes. This is so that he kills Gary Oldman at a certain point. Yeah. Like in the way that he in kills the, him. In the, one of the greatest Harrison Ford moments in cinema history. Oh, we all know it. We, we all love he it. Got, he's got him tied to the parachute. He's get off my plane. He pulls the parachute, gets him out of there. Snaps his neck first. Snaps his neck. And yeah, then he goes. And then, and then, and then, then you get this right. terrible composite shot of him with his <laughs> neck snapped, like drifting on his. It's kind of it's actually quite silly. Um, but then they've got to. They I, I, what? They don't have enough. Um, they don't have enough fuel. They're leaking fuel. They're leaking fuel, so the plane is dropping. They don't have enough uh, parachutes for people, and so the the plan that they devise is one of those plans where you go like, like when they're in the in the middle of the plan, it's yeah. like, ooh, this was a bad plan. Yeah. Like we were their, too their hasty. We didn't have time, and <laughs> their plan this was is a bad zip plan. Line their plan is to the fucking zip line, which to is another insane. Plane. But they so they have to zip line, and it's one at a time, and then they have to change the altitudes of the planes. So t- yes. <laughs> It's terrible. Sounds kind of stressful uh, by, to me. But by the way, and the, the special, as you said, the special effects here are not very good, and it really annoyed me because they do a similar gag in Cliffhanger, and they do it for real. That's uh, Yes. And Jesus. that looks fucking amazing. Before this movie. Way before this. Pales yeah. in comparison. Yeah, it's awesome in Cliffhanger. It's awesome. Which we've got to talk about at some point. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Also, at this point, um, so, like, pretty late in the movie, um, Paul Guilfoyle gets shot, but he's he's not dead yet. He's, like, He's like one of the president's cabinet. He's a sniveling, another one of the sniveling. He might be, he guys. Might be like the. He might be the uh, chief of staff. Yeah, and he's he's snivelly and ass savvy, but then he has a redemptive. He has a redemptive thing. He gets shot. He takes a bullet for the president, yep. basically. And then uh, hero pilot Bill Macy gets killed, mm-hmm. and that's oh, like that's so a bad. real that's a real bummer because it's he makes <laughs> it all the way to the end, and then he still gets killed. Yeah, that's and he's, a bummer. And he's, I ain't going to save you there, Mr. President. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. But at this point, okay, so again, we all know that Xander Berkeley is the the bad You guys want to know something? What? I was zoned out at the beginning of the movie when so you didn't realize so I didn't fucking know <laughs> you didn't wonder why they kept like showing ominous sweaty close ups of him I was the like this time? guy's just I don't know these guys are just kind of <laughs> stressed out I guess on the plane <laughs> that's amazing I so this it. was a, a grand reveal for Emily Soderbeck <laughs> well it must have made more sense to you then because at this point I'm going like uh, he's everyone's dead they're gonna get him off the plane and he still tries to sabotage <laughs> the rescue plan. And it's well, because like, he wants, there's only one, they can only make one last pass, and they save it fuel, for the president. Too low. And he's like, no, no, that's going to be me. Right, of course. That that part I get, but before, even before that, he's like, you know, basically stopping them from doing shit, and it's kind of like, you could just, like, get off the plane. I would absolutely just pretend yeah. that I had nothing to do with that. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that was funny. Uh yeah, and then he gets killed. Bill Macy sacrifices he, no, himself. No, he doesn't get killed yet. He's he. Oh, he goes down. With he the goes plane. down with the plane. Yeah. Part of there's that really Bill hilarious Lee pullback of him in the in the window. Right as like, it goes. Ah, God. <laughs> right it's as it goes into the water. Yeah. Pretty fucking amazing. Holy shit. Uh, this is this was like the second biggest box office hit of the year. Oh really? Huge budget Harrison Ford movie, and then it's got this like looks like something from Sharknado in it. Yeah, it's <laughs> not <laughs> like, Damn man, that's okay. I mean, obviously, like you said, there were time constraints and the effects weren't there to begin with. Yeah, yeah. But still, geez. But this is also very Monsters Dead. Roll the credits, like they they you know get off the plane. Yeah. And oh, Harrison. Like, in, the, in the way Harrison Ford, because like the, the the little wire attachment is coming off the end yeah, of the plane, yeah, so yeah. so he gets pulled yanked off with the so now, wire. Yeah. So, so he's just, just like swinging, just like, swinging like, a, like yeah. a goddamn American it's, hero. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and there's a, one Harrison of those great. Ford there's one of those great season, scenes when they like he finally they finally get him onto the new plane and they're like we have the president. Cut to the White House. Everybody's cheering. The end. You know, good stuff. Yeah. And her, uh, uh, oh, and there was like a there was like a papers that were drawn up for like succession. Yeah, she like rips them and up. She just like rips them up and she's crying and she's like you did it. 
That's yeah, pretty yeah. good shit, though. I mean, like, this is a very, it's a very uh, thirst-quenching movie. Yeah. yeah. It's dumb. It's Clintonian. The, the politics don't make a fucking lick of sense these days. I, I mean, like such, all, all such the actors are. are great. I like all the actors. Yeah. Even if they're not doing great, I like them as actors, yeah, yeah. so I'm fine with it. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. I don't know. It's uh, it's it's solid as hell. It is what it is. I don't think there was just not a whole lot of lines in it. I think mm-hmm. we pretty much got. I got no. All the, there's the cool a good line. Oh, um, at one point, one of the bad guys is like telling you know he has everyone hostage and he's like, you know, uh, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm, I'm taking this plane. I'm taking his baseball glove. Blah blah blah. Oh yes. And then later, uh, I don't remember who says it, but someone's like, the president will get back his baseball glove and play catch with these guys' balls. Mm. Mm. Excellent. Mm. With his baseball club. Mm. Yeah, with his baseball club. Uh, now it's time to play. I, I took some of their balls. Or who wants to play who catch with me with these balls? Uh, we're going to pass on that, Mr. President. You know what would have made this movie more awesome? Is if there was a dog. It's kind of surprising the there isn't a dog. dog. Presidential dog <gasps> on the plane, too. That would have been fucking rad. And the president insists that the dog slides down that wall. Oh, oh, the dog is 100 dog first. The dog zip lining would you be imagine, absolutely incredible. Can you imagine seeing this movie for the first time? There's a dog in the movie. The dog somehow survives all of this stuff. They hook it to the zip line. There's the crappy composite of the dog but going get it coming, towards towards coming towards us? you. The crowd goes wild. Dude, like, you'd be on your feet in the theater yeah, for shit like that. Yeah, you'd be clapping the shit out of your hands. So good. <laughs> the one mistake that they made. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, that would have been so cool. And even if you didn't what appreciate it, what kind of dog are you imagining? Out, like golden retriever. I'm imagining like a mid-sized shaggy. Dog. Yeah, like a shaggy, like like almost like, like the dog like from Dante's shaggy. Peak. You know, yeah. like all ru- all rough, and he's like all mangy. You know, it's a man's man's dog. Though. Yeah, nothing, nothing so frou frou. Mm-hmm. His okay. name is like his name is uh, Butler or something like that. I don't know. He's yeah. got like a nice manly name. Yeah, absolutely. That would be so cool. Churchill. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like some statesman name. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Franklin Delano. This is my dog, Franklin, my dog Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Franklin. It would be Franklin. It's a great name for a dog. Frank. Frank. This is my dog, Polk. Seriously, and even even if you <laughs> even if you like you saw this when you were a kid and were like the thing with the dog was dumb. Like now, as grown ups, you'd watch this and go like, "Fuck <laughs> yes, the nineties! Yeah. Yay, the nineties!" <laughs> a man, a man, and his, there'd be a man in his dog speech somewhere in there, like where yeah. he's just talking about how important it is to have a loyal dog. Or <laughs> stick with me here, okay? <laughs> Airbud sequel. But it's the exact same movie, but the president is a dog. Absolutely. There's no rule that says the president can't be president a dog. President Airbud, hostage situation on Airbud Force One. Airbud Force One. Yeah. Airbud One, whatever. Airbud Force. Who cares? I'm just saying <laughs> there's, a, there's a movie. Airbud One. There's definitely <laughs> Airbud One. There, oh. there is a movie here. Oh, Matt lost his headphones. We, we cut him off. He was acting. <laughs> he was too he excited. His, his ideas were too fucking crazy. <laughs> Just crazy got, enough to work. His headphones got final destination. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Food for thought. Agree. You're right. Uh, ratings. I feel like I in, like this is this tastes like a four Judd movie mm. when you're watching it, but it's probably a three and a half Judd movie. Uh, but in that vicinity. We'll just give it a three and a half Juds. Um, but, I mean, as I've said multiple times already, this is fucking as dad rocky as it gets, and it, it tastes real good. You're welcome, dads. Yeah, thank you. Uh, no Douglases. No, I, I kind of wish no. that there was. This like was if, a very like non- if maybe he got he actually did get to fuck his wife just a little just bit. Like, yeah, just this is a non-horny episode. Just get the tip in for a little bit. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry, honey. Duty calls. Gotta go kick someone's ass. Hmm. 
So yeah, zero Douglas or zero yeah zero Douglases, and then um, oh man, what am I gonna give it? I'm gonna give it ten out of ten dogs that inexplicably aren't in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ridiculous. Uh, I, I, Ridiculous. It's too crummy looking to give it for, but it okay. is very. It I feel is like very the fun. sets are so good. No, no, the, just the the effects, and there's lots of them are crap. Yeah. I watched this on Blu-ray. It really looks like shit. And uh, I think some of it is is the constraints at the time, and some of it was using special effects that weren't ready yeah, at the yeah. time. It's and a very there, gray, so there gray looking movie. Yes. Very, very beige. Yeah. But it's got a great cast, and it's just Cracker Jack. All these movies, like, hats off to Wolfgang for pacing. I mean, the guy shoots the shit out of this stuff. He knows and what they, he's doing. And they move. Yeah, he really mm-hmm. knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's not try- he knows he's not trying to make a masterpiece, he's, but he, yeah. he does make these pop these pop. And he does, he does seem to insist on having, like, some actual character dimension for his protagonist. He's still and, like, got his, like, work out. Little, mm-hmm. his little pretensions towards artistry that he just, the little stuff that he gets in there. Just, just for, this is for me. Yeah. He throws a couple things in there for me. He's a good old-fashioned, like, journeyman. Like Hollywood studio guy. Yeah, for real. Uh, but there aren't there aren't guys like this around anymore. No, well, they just don't make movies like they, this. Yeah, Bummer. I mean, yeah. Uh, we got tired of these movies in the 90s. We were dead wrong. Yeah. We were dead wrong. I know. <laughs> what have we done? <laughs> we had no idea. What have we done? Yeah. Um, uh, zero Douglases. I mean, there's just no time. I mean, Harrison Ford wishes there was time, but there's no time. We'll make time for it later. There's no yeah. time. Oh, there's definitely going to be time for it later. <laughs> Uh, How stoned do you well, think daughter, he was during the production of this movie? <laughs> Probably well, as stoned as I was watching it. Hell yeah. Hey. hey <laughs> I am like Harrison oh, Ford man. high. We I am like Harrison Ford <laughs> high right like now. Harrison Ford blaze. Wow. I am, That's ha- I am up. higher than Harrison Ford <laughs> landing an airplane right now. <laughs> That's really fucked up. That's like scary fucked up. That's too much. <laughs> that is like you could die of a, <laughs> yeah, a weed you overdose. You could actually die of a weed overdose. Yeah. He's at Harrison Ford levels. Get him to the hospital. Um... And I'm gonna give it uh, five. <laughs> one, no, one nickel of uh, on a barrel of gasoline. <laughs> Save one nickel on a barrel of gasoline. All right, I am along with the other movies giving it three Juds. Mm. Solid, solid. I really liked Harrison Ford being this like very idealistic view of the all American president and man. I thought, even though it doesn't make any fucking sense that he was like a perfect hero in this they were doing this a lot at the time yeah for some reason. um and i like all the cast is great uh i like the setting and everything um i'm gonna giving it zero douglases because this is just there's nothing there and uh one sweaty glenn close blouse hell yeah sweating right through that silk blouse sweating you hate it. to see it uh well we did it we did it r.i.p wolfie you were yeah. you were pretty awesome you were good out. you did good work what we, we haven't decided next? what was next. Well, we talked about this. I have but, no idea. Uh, I had some suggestions. Okay. Well, but we're going to decide right here. Let's yeah, make this sausage. Decide right here. Uh, let me pull up the uh, the text, the group text, really quickly here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just pulling up the group chat. So. See those emails. We had uh, the idea of doing uh, the Mother's Day ones. But you wanted to save that for Mother's Day next year. So we can yeah. do that. That's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm amenable <laughs> I'm to planning, that. I'm planning far ahead. This will be on the 12th. The next episode, then, could be The Leftovers. Yes! Which we've wanted to do for a while and have not gotten around to yet. I want to do The Leftovers. And those titles are? Those titles are 
Hannibal, mm. Red Dragon, mm. and Hannibal Rising. Yay, I'm excited. I've never seen Red Dragon, actually. Oh, it sucks. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> We're in for it now. <laughs> Maybe I'm, I don't think I've seen Hannibal Rising either. That one's even worse. A <laughs> few people well, geez, I've not guys, seen that. I was excited. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll probably like him. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, is going to be something, I'll tell you that. So that will be next. After that, so th- let, let me look at one other thing really quickly while we're on the air. Oh, great. We've, we've got a vamp. Matt over here checking his Google calendar. So what's in the news? Well, these, oh. less than that. So this episode that we are recording right now is the 98th episode of the show. Mm-hmm. Get, we know what we're doing, though. This is the 98th? Yes. episode that came out this week is 96. The Baldwins that will release next week is 97. This one that we're on right now is 98. Oh, my gosh. Mm. So that means that episode 99 will be The Leftovers, and the spooky one will be our 100th episode. Mm. We had plans for our 100th episode, yeah. but we could carry that over to 101 and 102, because that's, that's a month-long thing. the beginning of a new 100. Oh, yes, yeah, and yeah, all yeah. starting a new And also, it new. will be the full month of November, which I think we are going to have to call Tony-vember. Tone-vember, something, something like, like that. Like that yeah. Which will be devoted entirely to the works of Tony Scott. Yay. That's right. We can anna- we'll announce the movies when we we'll get to it. We'll announce the movies when we get to Two it. Two full Tony Scott. Uh, Two Tony full Scott Tony Scott episodes and, and two full Patreons. That's right. That's right. So... Look the only to way this is November. the only thing that could be done. Yeah, it's the only option that we have. November. It has to be done, and it will be done. God damn it! I'm because we love you, the listener at home. Yes, and we so care our, about our, you. Our hundredth episode will be a Halloween themed episode, and then one hundred one and one hundred two will be Tone November. Yep, <sighs> we're pretty good. We're pretty. We good. have some good stuff ahead. So yeah. good keep stuff ahead. On listening. Keep listening. We, we, we love you. Join Sign the Patreon. Up for the Patreon. There's lots of good stuff on there that. Ca- Kevin's still around on there, you guys. So if you're missing hearing his voice, it, you guys, what? You just Magnolia just Magnolia, came out. Magnolia. We just did one on the Royal Tannenbaums. Another yeah. good episode. Ooh. We're gonna have one on. Uh, we're gonna have one on. What's coming up next? Uh, Hudson Hawk. Hudson Hawk is coming <laughs> oh, up. Oh God. We're gonna do Avatar. <laughs> yeah, that's right. In time so, for yeah, the Avatar <laughs> two to come out, yes. and so coming up in the in the semi near future will be a review episode Patreon of the new Michael Mann novel Heat two. Mm. So you are doing a disservice to yourself if you are you're not only on the yourself. Patreon. Just keeps getting you're, better. You're and better. losing money. You're losing laughs and quality of life in general. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're dying. You're dying. You're inside. not. You're yeah. dying anyway. slowly. And and you know I know we're all dying, but you're, you're like really dying. Just yeah. a little faster yeah. than us. Soul death. Uh, rate us on iTunes. Five stars only, please, Basili. Five stars only, please. Uh, check us out on Letterboxd. Check us out on Twitter. Check out Emily the Queen. Hop in that queue. Check out our show, Emily and my show on YouTube. Viva Physical Media. Viva. Viva Physical Media. Get a little Viva Fizz. Y'all listen to that Viva Fizz. There should be a new episode coming later. Well, we record these way in advance. So sometime soon. Check it out, though. Check it out. Check it out. It's a great show. Until the next time, this suspense is killing us. Bye. Bye.